and welcome to another episode of the Stone Genius Podcast. My name's Ro, you know me, I'm the Stone Genius. I'm often stoned, I'm always a genius. And I will tell you, my family's been out of town for days now, so I have been stoned for days now. Hold on, I got a sound for that. Yeah, yeah, that's a sound for that. Now, I am super excited. Uh, this was gonna be a solo show originally. Uh, I got in contact with uh, our guest tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, tonight when I'm recording. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I, I got in touch with this guest. I wanted to ask them on because not only am I excited about having them on, I, I've known who they are. So I'm excited about having this person on, but I, I'm also excited because I think they may be able to help me with a project that just came up. So without further ado, the guest on today's program is Resonate. Resonate is an artist. He's a he's rapped. He's a beat maker. He's a producer. Hey, welcome to the program, Resonate. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so so uh, uh, I first learned of you uh, when I did the interview with Nine One Eight Slasher, and so I, I yeah. was I, I was familiar with you uh, through there. And then I just had Geo Domenis on, um, and then and then you reached out. And it was perfect because when I found out you were a beat maker, I was so excited. And we'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, first of all, what did I leave anything out? Uh, as an artist, you're you're do you focus on rapping yeah. right now? Do you focus on being in front of the mic, or do you prefer to be behind on the other side of the mic? Both, both, preferably. See, that's uh, one thing it, where okay. I'm sitting, I enjoy talking to people like my ideal job is someone to say, hey, you're going to talk to resonate at this time. And then uh, give me let me come up with my questions and stuff and get ready and do my pregame and stuff, and just show up and do that. I don't want to push buttons and and do a plot. I, I so I really I have a definite preference. Unfortunately, I have to do but and it's fine. I It's fine. But I, I right, so, but, it's, but but you you said you sound like you're pretty evenly split. You're you're fine either way. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, like I said at first, I mean, I was uh, more onto the part of rapping and stuff. But that was also just because I wasn't as good and I was just first starting. And when some people get in this genre, you know, you may have a mentor or someone who is a little more deep in the game so to speak knows a little bit more already been through you know possible you know situations good or bad that occur right and this field of work and so i oh, lost my train of thought uh, lost my train of thought um well, yeah, but I, yeah i would have to say i'm i'm have to say i'm more split 50 50 now probably than ever but that's just because well life's gotten a little crazy happens to all of us yeah but um I do actually have a compilation album coming out within the next month. Um, and basically it's going to feature multiple artists, including myself, uh, on production and on vocals. I got multiple singles on there. Geo Domenis is on there. 918 Slash is on there. A couple of other artists we both know, you know, that us three know are going to be on there. And, uh, I do a good portion of the production. And uh, like as a beat maker, I don't like to stick to one sound necessarily. I have like my preferred sounds, 
but I can do anything from lo-fi to old school to soulful to trap to drill to, you know what I'm saying? I can find something that, you know, someone can, someone around me can use this. So, so this you know, is, it, it, sorry, I didn't mean to ahead. cut you off. I was just going to say, this is what excited me about when uh, we got in contact with each other because I had just talked to Geo to Menace and I had made a, uh, we had decided that we were going to collaborate and we were going to include, unbeknownst to them at the time, 918 Slasher, and we were going to do a collaboration. I was talking about music that I listened to and we were talking about yeah. one of my favorite concerts was Cupcake when she was here in town. And I said, as a 56-year-old white guy, I was very lucky that my wife would went me with went with me because it smelled like daddy issues in there. And and it really, I mean, it was all younger. I was just like, oh my gosh. So then I was like, okay, so we're gonna write a song. And what what I feel I'm able to do, I can take any song, even if I've never heard it. Once I get the beat, I feel like I can start filling words in it may not be real coherent but hey if I, I i'm not a good freestyler i couldn't just do a whole song but i could start piecing one together but i have found out with the absence of music i don't know how to do music i don't know how to write music i don't know how to i don't know how to do what i've committed to do to them without okay see, without, that's a funny thing that's a funny thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so that, so I was going to ask you, like, if you're, it, do you write the music first or do you write the lyrics first? When you're do when you do both of those things, which comes first or does it, is it different each time? Um, me personally, um, I think what makes me like, uh, really, uh, more of a standout artist than a lot of people is a lot of people have to maybe listen to the beat while they're uh, writing it. Like they go find a beat they like, or they already have this idea. So they go search for this instrumental or whatever. Right. And um, have to write to it. For me, um, you mentioned also freestyle is going to tie into that. Like when I was first starting writing and stuff, I also knew I'm like, hey, I want to be able to freestyle because like you're never going to remember your whole album with the lyrics or, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, you know, you got you got a thirty minute album. Even you're not gonna sit there and remember, but maybe a handful of them songs, if that. Right. Like you had to sit there and like really rehearse. So for me, I made it a point to learn how to freestyle and shit. To where it's like even if I uh, was just out in the street walking about, and you know, saying I see some people in the cipher, I could sit there. I could just walk up and actually just join when it's a good time. You know what I'm saying? But for me. I don't write anything to anything. Basically, I uh, like my process of writing. I um, I have found that since there's only so many limited words you can rhyme with, and I'm big on uh, coming with very, you know, clear multisyllables, right, and shit like that. Um, like here's a line I wrote one time: "I'm ill, like Jada Kiss. Show my competition ain't made for this," you know. Now, I, here's one thing that I thought was interesting. So I was trying to rhyme things. And I thought, I didn't want to go, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. And if I'm not, I, I don't want to be called out. I think it's a Jack Harlow song 
where he uses the same word to rhyme itself like six lines in a row. And I don't remember what it is. I would have to hear, I'm almost, uh, for some reason I feel like it's Jack Harlow and I like Jack Harlow, but I I, I just feel like he, whatever is like, uh, I read a book and then I, I slipped on a book and then that night I saw a book and it was like, real. I mean, so I, when I was trying to, like, I go by row, which at one point got turned into row, row, which either one of those is very easy to rhyme. Row, toe, go, blow, anything. I get, There's a lot of rhymes. I started thinking about resonate, and all I had was schmezonate, which I don't think's a word. So can you rhyme your own word, your own name? Okay, sorry, I, I lost Resonate real quick. He's back. Uh, so I was asking, uh, rhyme your own name. Can you rhyme Resonate? Because I came up with nothing. Okay, I mean... Um, and no, It's not like you uh, have to rhyme your name, but I was like, row is easy. No, yeah, I, yeah, row I can it. go, and I mean, row can actually row. I mean, I, I was like, this is easy, and then I'm like, Resonate. 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 Oh, well, I masturbate. When it comes to... Right. There you go. There you go. Anything, anything that rhymes with that syllable, like eight. Yes. Or grape or tape, you know what I'm saying? You know, so you, there's, a, there's a lot of things, but, um, since you already asked me, resonate about to put out a mixtape that's going to sound so great. Everybody should sit there and get ready. I'm going to sit there and leave the competition sweaty. I ain't stressing. I'm going to sit there and progress in my profession. I ain't even stressing over none of these rappers. I'll sit there and leave their mind in a state of disaster. Their ghost looking like Casper. Everybody knows what I'm after. I'm talking about the crown and the throne while I grip this microphone. You know what I'm saying? I can just weave together shit. Now, let me ask. So, freestyle, when... So, because I haven't been able, I mean, it's not, that's not a forte for me. So I don't give it a lot of thought. I, I don't give, things that aren't my forte, I don't spend a lot of time on. I spend the time on the things I'm good at. So, uh, that, right, that, that makes sense. That being said, um, the, the, so like to me, freestyle would be like that I would ne- see, because I never, I don't think about it. And so you are thinking about, I mean, this is probably just going through your head, like stupid shit that goes through my head. And I don't know, like, I don't know my distaste for flat earthers. I mean, little stuff that goes through my head is different. I don't, I'm not thinking about words. So when you freestyle, even though it may be a subject you've never, even though the words are not going to be put in any order you've ever had them in before, have you played most of these scenarios through your head? Uh, for instance, like when I tell someone, when when people engage in conversations with me, I just always want them to be aware I've already had the conversation. I, 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 I've I already taken into account every answer you could have, every response that I would have. I've already gone through the entire conversation beforehand, so I seem very prepared even though the conversation may seem like it just came out of nowhere. So are you the same way? Are you that prepared? Just like if you walk up on on a group and you want to join, 
are you just that prepared or is it like you're bl- you're literally blank and you're just throwing shit together on the spot? Um, I think it's a combination of both. Okay. And the reason I say that is, is, um, you'd be a like good politician. I, out, I mean, we're only 12 minutes into this, but you'd be a good politician. Cause you're like, you're, you're 50, 50 on producing and rapping and like everything you're middle of the road on everything. So you would make a very good politician, which I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but if the rapping producing, uh, beat making doesn't work out, just remember, maybe you'll want to run for public office someday. Okay, okay. I'll keep that in mind. Okay. Um, but to answer your question, I would have to say both because um, usually, uh, so like for me, when I go into a freestyle or I'm going to freestyle, um, it's good to uh, – well, let me start like where I was going to start at first. When I first started freestyling, I was shit. And the only reason I was shit was because of my lack of a vocabulary dictionary. So hold on, so uh, hold on real quick. So when you say you were shit, are you comparing yourself to now? Are you comparing yourself to others at that time? Like, were you, are you just, is it a harsh criticism? Like I'm a much better artist now than I was before. I get that as a photographer, I can look at original photography, I mean, original photographs and stuff I've done later, and I can see a distinct difference. But, I mean, how is yeah. is that how it is? Well, it's a, yeah, that's basically exactly how it is. Okay. I okay. mean, uh, to, to me, freestyle is like uh, exercise, physical exercise. Well, I mean, well, a lot of things are in a way, um, but it took me a period of time even with like my writing ability to get to the level that I am now, especially because I didn't have a mentor. I taught everything myself. I taught myself how to make beats. I taught myself how to freestyle. I taught myself how to write. I would do my own homework though. That's what helped me along the way. I would keep searching, checking out YouTube videos, tutorials, you know, watching interviews, you know, I'm like, you use the word mentor. You used the word mentor earlier. Did did you have a mentor when you started getting into the music field? No, absolutely not. I okay. had probably less had less uh, support than I do now. Okay. By but, far. Uh, but that that makes sense because I think that nine one eight slasher sees you as somewhat of a mentor, um, and so and so I. You know, you using that word, then mentioning that that was absent at the beginning of your career, I can see how you seem to be passionate about that and helping others start that career. Well, to me, uh, I like to uh, study great. And I'm going to touch on um, what you just said. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider my, I mean, in some form of a way, I guess you could say that, but I'd use a different word, more like... uh, almost like a comrade who's like already been through war. Like he was like, he was already writing and trying to do his own thing. I just introduced him uh, to the software that I use. And it took me a long time to find the software because I would hunt down for software that, you know, you need a digital audio workstation. And so once I found BandLab, which I really, I'm these, I swear, okay, the BandLab company should just send me a free T-shirt because of how many underground artists 
even in just Missouri alone, I've gotten on that software. Right. That use that software. And um, basically everybody in our group and that's going to be on the compilation album uses BandLab. Shout out to BandLab um, for being some of the best software ever. Everyone talks about FL Studio and all these other, you know, softwares. I'm like, BandLab gives you the most for the cheap, and not even cheap, free. You know what I'm saying? And, and what, do, what type of software? What, what do you do? Are you are are you able to uh, uh, input the lyrics? Does it record the lyrics as you say them? Is it doing the mute? What what is BamLab? As we're giving them a shout out, what what does that software give you as an artist? What's the what's the biggest benefit or benefits that it gives you? In one word, I can say versatility. Versatility, which is very important. And is it is it user friendly be... as well? Because you're you're giving yes. this to a lot of of solo or independent artists, like you say, and everyone that I've talked to. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, has a regular full-time job as well. And so to me doing this, because I have a regular full-time job that, you know, some people are like, why do you use the equipment that you use? It seems you could have, you know, spent a little less. And I'm like, well, I wanted two things. I wanted good quality because if you don't have good quality, people aren't going to listen. They're not going to come back. They'll give you one shot and they were, they're not going to come back. And then secondly, I wanted something user-friendly. I mean, that's why I don't like the producing stuff because I have to read and learn stuff. And I don't want to, I mean, I don't mind. I love to read and learn stuff. This is not it. I know that someone, this is their mind and they see these glowing buttons on my Rodecaster Pro 2 and they would just like be like, oh yeah, oh, oh, that, oh, I love that. That looks, oh, let me touch that button. But that's not me at all. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I I do it because it's a necessary evil. So it sounds like BAM Lab, especially for the independent artists like yourselves and others, 918 Slasher and Geo Menace, uh, it sounds like this is something that is is gives the versatility, like you said, the one word, the versatility, but also the user-friendliness. Yeah, um, because, I mean, well, just like any other app or any other site, the only thing that they'll constantly ever possibly come up, which is not a constant thing, they just want you to rate, you know, how well you like the app, how well is the experience. But the what, the reason I chose the word versatility was because it helps producers, it helps artists. They constantly update things and they keep things fresh. You can listen to other independent artists. So not only can you release music for free on this platform, you can also sell your albums, your downloads, you can, can you get involved in playlists. Are you able you to can, collaborate uh, with other artists that use uh, BAM Lab? Yes, most definitely. They have a whole thing set up for that. And that's how, well, me, 918, Geo and anyone else would collaborate together. Like, and that was kind of like the whole idea of bringing people to BAM Lab that I found it because I was like, wow, it, it, it's such. I mean, like almost anything that you could possibly need or want or expect from, like, it, it, it's hard to explain. I mean, BandLab is like Spotify, but like, obviously not as big, but I make a lot of my beats on BandLab through the loops they provide. They provide over every genre you can think of, from metal to rap to opera to orchestra to pop, blues, funk, soul, everything, jazz, everything, okay? 
me personally, I don't like, I'm not a lazy producer. And what I mean by that is I don't just drag and drop loops. I actually take the time to chop mine up. I mean, I chop it up as intricate as the last one, but you can tell it's definitely not just drag and drop. Cause you know, I listen to these samples. Um, I'm like, okay. And sometimes I'll go to multiple different packs and all these packs are free and accessible. And so I, I might get a drum loop to chop up, um, like say it's like an eight bar sample and I just want to use two bars of it. I can. And it like, and I feel like that is also what helps me still allow myself to release music through uh, distribution, like through Amuse, shout out to Amuse too. That's what the team uses. Um, Amuse seems to be like the best distribution platform for us personally. Not trying to like, I always thought CD Baby was really good, you know, because me and 918, we took time to uh, get everything cohesive. We didn't like, we want to start this independent record label called Pursue It Records. And the idea is artists have complete freedom and control of their music with just a small cut. And really, the small cut that we want is actually just to keep the label afloat, have money for promotion, music videos, touring, things like that things that are actually going to help other artists and us at the same time, instead of us just pocketing the money. Right. I mean, I mean, we all want and need money, but at the same time, I believe in like, I can help someone and make money if I don't sit there and try to be greedy about it. How long, I, how long have you been doing this now? Um, I'm gonna give you two answers on that because when I started doing this, it took me a long time to learn everything I learned. So from like uh, where I consider myself a somewhat decent artist, because I'm, I don't want to peak early. I don't consider myself at my best right now. Like I'm still growing, still learning. I've been writing probably since 2017. That's when I first started writing, but that doesn't mean I was actually recording. Well, I was trying to attempt to record, you know what I'm saying? Because when you don't know anything and you have no one to show you shit, you know, the most I I knew was, oh hey, here's SoundCloud. SoundCloud's kind of big in this area uh, era right now, because it was during that uh, era where you had artists like Little Pump and stuff like that. Which crazy part is, he's only like six months older than me. But it's crazy because if you sat there and you put us both on a stage, only one of us is walking away with their psyche intact. The dude can't rap. Okay. But nowadays you don't you don't necessarily need talent to blow up in the industry. So and that's why we have also all kind of like come to the idea that, you know, we should just start our own independent label like Rockefeller with how uh you know, Dame Dash, Kareem Briggs and Jay Z did. So and I wonder how different starting labels are now because back so I'm I'm 56. I mean I'm the be, I'm of course the best mouthpiece for the the uh, the the rap game right now. A 56 year old uh, white guy that grew up in suburban America. So um, <laughs> but uh, you know it's when when I was growing up. There was in Westport in Kansas City, and this would have been in the 80s, the late 80s. There were a lot, you would see a lot of these were like, I had a lot of friends that were in like hair metal bands. That was big in the 80s. And so I would go down, that's right, where all the right, girls right, were. Right, we're probably talking 
we're probably talking bands like uh poison yes um uh warrant uh, uh was one yeah. with cherry but yes yeah, so the, so these cl- these cl- so the so i had friends that were uh playing in, in bars that had these and and the girls they like it doesn't matter who's on stage you will have a groupie you could it doesn't matter if you're oh, a, yeah. a, a rapper an, an opera singer i bet is getting blown after he goes out there and 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 bust out the barber of seville or something you know er, everyone has a groupie so it just um but but back in the day when i would go a lot of times those artists to get seen would have to go on the road because it was very word of mouth because you know there weren't cell phones, there was no tw- there was nothing. So, and to get out on the road, you needed someone that's going to sponsor you, whether that's a small label or a big label or something that will get you. Because most people couldn't afford to go out on the road. Um, right, you'd have to have you'd have to have some money stacked up to. We're talking right. four or five figures to make sure you got everything covered: hotel rooms, right, equipment. Gas, you know, and and now food. you can see. I I would talking to our friend nine one eight slasher. He hasn't performed, or at least the last time I had talked to him, he had still hadn't performed live, which is fine. You don't have to perform live. I mean, that that's not, I mean, I don't think that's a, a necessary. I don't think, yeah. A yeah necessity I don't think that's to, quite a, In the 80s, you would yeah. have had to. There's no way he could have, you know, he would have been making, you know, you had to be live so that you could have made a mixtape and then duplicated it over and over and over again and then sold them at your live concert. I mean that's and so that's why people would know and people who are you listening to? Oh, guy saw down in Westport this weekend. I mean that's how it was done, and it's totally different now. I mean you could literally, you know, get done with this interview and go, oh, I'm gonna do. I just came up with, you know, uh, uh you know, 15 seconds of something about the show we just did, and you could post that to TikTok or something immediately, and it gets seen immediately, like. I'm TikTok. Uh, the only thing I think I've ever posted are things with either the dogs or the squirrels that I feed. I the squirrels come and eat out of my hand or take stuff out of my hand here at the house, and it amazes me because yeah. I will post one of those fucking things where a squirrel just coming up and eating out of my hand, and it'll get like two thousand views in an hour. And it's yeah, like it's a fucking. Yeah. Squ- I mean, and so I, I think that has to it's be not. Simple, it's the most simple thing. Yeah, so I think beautiful. it has to be I- exciting for you as an artist, but is it also scary for you as an artist, knowing that, like, how about if you blow up and you don't have enough material? Like, oh, we want you to come perform for us. You know, we want you to play for an hour, and it's like, oh, I only got like twenty six minutes of you know of content or, or material. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so how, how is that for you? Is the excitement? I know you're going to be fucking 50, 50 on this. I just know you are anyway. Um, so uh, are you more excited or is it scarier? Uh, which one wins out? And I know you're going to say 50, 50, please say at least 51, 49, please at least don't be, Hold on. I am now making Bro. a rule. I'm making a decree. No 50-50. Someone has to win okay. by simple majority. Okay. So so your question was, does it scare me more? Or like, do you feel more intimidated? Yes. Or is it more now? exciting? Okay. Like, is it intimidating? Like, do you ever like, I don't know if I should put this out because a lot of people are going to see it and they may not like it. Or are you like, I can't wait to get this shit out and just see what people say. 
Um, no 50-50. Um, there are songs that I feel more confident about, confident about, but that's only because I'm a versatile artist. Like, I like the ability to be able to write something conscious, or I can write a diss track, or I can write a storytelling song, or I can write a you know a club banger type of song. I can do any any of those things. And so for me, well, like you said back in the days, you had to be out there, right? And personally, me, I feel like I can fit in either era just fine because I freestyle. My freestyles are not pre-written. I mean, I might use a line or two from something I wrote, but that's just to keep the flow going type of thing. Like sometimes you're going to mess up, especially if you're doing something improvised. Like anyone can sit there and read however many times I need to and rehearse and get it nailed. Have you ever seen the... how many... Sorry, have you ever seen the the YouTube video? There's a guy getting interviewed on like some morning show, and he says he's a freestyle rapper and also a poet. And it, uh, but anyway, they go, "Did you want to do something for us or read something from a book?" He goes, "I want a freestyle." And they're like, "Okay." And then he just sat there in silence. I mean, and I get it, man. I would freeze. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be like, "No, thank you. Well, Give me I'll, words, I'll please." But it was just no, funny no, because okay, see, he said, he goes, I I'm do. a freestyler. And then he's like, it was literally. It's crickets. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, let me answer your first question first. Yeah. Um, I don't feel any kind of way about it. I don't feel intimidated or excited. And um, like you brought up 918, just because he hasn't. Well, okay. There was times when he would come over to my house when I first taught him and showed him about band lab. And, um, you know, I would, I had a mic at the time, even though it was a wired mic and had this amp at the time I had had, and I had a 300 watt sound system, three bedroom, you know, same house. And he'd come over and we would just chill, smoke, fucking come up with ideas. Like there was this one time we came up with a song called get the bag in like two hours or some shit. Like, and it probably, it was never, it was definitely not our best work, but how long does it normally? <clears throat> Sorry, what's the normal length of time for a song from idea to what you would consider finished product? Um, I guess it depends on the song and what all you're trying to bring to it. What's the fastest um, song but, you've ever? What's the fastest like from the time that something kicked you in the nuts and said, "Oh shit, I sh- should write this shit down," and you started jotting stuff down? How long? What was the shortest amount of time from? idea to pen to paper to completion um i know i'm I'm sure i have done it an hour or less that's awesome i mean writing's hard writing's uh, difficult even if you think you know what that's the uh that's the best part about my writing style and my writing style is completely different from everybody else's i rely on um the rhymes i'm going to use i could sit there and Okay, so say I write 16 lines worth of lyrics I want to rhyme. Could be one syllable, could be two syllable, multi-syllable. You know, you could use the word time and mine and a love song and a club song and a diss song. You know, saying like I said right. earlier, there's so many, only so many words you can rhyme with. So I focus on figuring out what you're going to rhyme with because while people are writing their sentences, I can come up with a whole sentence in a fucking second just because I know what I'm going to rhyme with. I can just write, I can take a piece of notebook paper 
put eight lines every two spaces and, and, and come up with what I call a rhyme blueprint. And I also like to just take time just to specifically write out hooks, you know, if it, you know just, just ideas that I think might be able to go with something like that. And um, so when I do that, it's uh, more or less, I'm going the exact opposite way and totally reversing it instead of, like I can rap the same lyrics and the same verse to any beat I want because I don't rely on the beat. But the beat is also important. Right. And so you have to have an idea of what you think can go with this. But I can rap the same song at like 85 BPM on a boom bap beat that I can on a 130 BPM trap beat. You know what I'm saying? All I got to do is just adjust my flow. Right. That's it. Not everybody can do that. Everybody else would have to sit there and probably rewrite their shit or, you know, move a couple things around, you know, use different words maybe to make everything fit. But me, personally, like, I've even freestyled in front of people and said, okay, I won't say I've performed live, like on a stage, but I performed in a house full of people. I performed in front of over 20, 30 people, you know, saying freestyles. I've never actually performed a written song of mine. Have you, have you, have you wanted to? What do we uh, need? Yeah. What, what needs to have? What needs to present itself to make that happen for you? Well, uh, let me give a shout out to my home city, Papa Bluff, Missouri, Southeast Missouri. Represent. We have a couple venue spots down here. We got Black River Coliseum. We actually had Afro Man within the last couple of years come up here and perform. And oh, one of my favorites. For... Love Afro Man. Yeah. Um, he did he did a new single called Live It Up and it was right outside the skate shop that sponsored it, which is the Forum Fifty Fifty. Shout out to them too. Um Of course do, it's uh, named fifty fifty, of course. You said what? I said of course it's named fifty fifty. Uh, forum fifty fifty. Okay, forum fifty fifty. So but fifty fifty's in a, it. It just seems like that's fitting in with your with your personality at this point. You're you're right, right. you're straddling the fence on everything resonate. Um, but they're a skate shop, got a gr- bunch of great stuff, you know what I'm saying? Great boards, great decks, all that good jazz. I think I've seen they that got video. An indoor skate shop. They got an indoor skate shop and then they have a venue spot up above that holds like 150 people. And that's where I was wanting to book my first show. And I know, uh, me and, uh, 918 has been talking about doing like a state to state tour cause he lives in Oklahoma and I live in Missouri. And I'm like, well, let's pick out these spots that, you know what I'm saying? We know we can definitely fill because the next biggest venue spot that I know of is Black River Coliseum, and that does, like, 5,000 seats. And I just know, like, right now at my size, it's not that I would have a problem performing in front of that many people. My problem is trying to pack that many people in there. Right. Just because we're not, we're not to that point where, you know, we got, you know, a lot of people in every city sitting there knowing who we are. We're not. Drake, we're not Joyner, we're not Eminem, we're not Snoop, not yet. What What's the biggest so, introduction for your music? Is it people knowing you uh, and hearing you live or hear you talk about your music and go, oh, I want to listen to it? Or is it word of mouth, people that have heard your music and listened to your music and then tell others? What 
what's the what's the biggest catalyst right now that's making your your fan base grow resonate? Oh well, I'm not gonna lie, I've been pretty stagnant for a long time. I've had a lot of people wonder when because um on my first YouTube, which you probably found, you know, doing the notes and everything, that I have a long well no, I'm not gonna say long. Um I have a little bit of a resume. You do so to speak. I have I have sing well, I have singles that I released on this YouTube channel. I have beats. Um I've been in a few battles. And so but for me I slowed down a lot. Um because of trying to get more of everything foreign uh orchestrated was what I was looking for. Because um to me, I know that, like, okay, so Twiggy was mentioned in previous videos. I mean, well, previous uh, podcast interviews. Yes. Yeah, episodes. Okay. And um, see, um, he, if you look at his YouTube channel, he has over almost 300 songs. Do you know how many albums, even if you put them at 30 tracks a piece, how many albums that would be? Yeah. That's ridiculous. You put out over 300 songs and you have no recognition. Me, I stopped after a minute and I'm like, okay, yeah, posting to the personal YouTube is fine. We need to do something bigger. Right. That's when I started looking at distribution platforms. And then that's when I started finding Disco Kids, CD Baby, you know, Muse, you got a Masters. And me and 918 went through a bunch of these. Both of us tried a lot of the same ones, like United Masters. He had a bad experience. He had a bad experience with CD Baby. You know, Disco Kid, they make you pay this annual fee just to keep your music up. To me, that's disgusting. Right. Talk about you want to help independent artists. I could as sit long there as they're making money, stuff. they want to help you. If they're not making money, go it's, screw exactly, yourselves. Exactly. Exactly. There is no free tier for them. And I'm not trying to like make it a bash on distro kid kind of situation, but I feel like only a foolish artist would go with that after, you know, so long they should catch on that hey, you know, there's many other options that provide many different things. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that it's also important for an artist to eventually like I I I know it's hard to save money and shit. Everybody has vices whether you're a pothead or you drink or, you know what I'm saying, you vape or smoke cigarettes or whatever, so you're spending money on vices on top of every, on top of your living expenses. But it's important for an artist to put money into their product because unless you just know so many fucking people, your music will never get out there unless you have some really diehard, loyal fans that'll, be like, uh, that'll actually sit there and go show their friend or family member without you having to ask. That's what I think a real fan is too, and um, well, you know, that too. that makes me think of you know then versus now. Uh, then a lot of times people would, you know, they may hear an album and not like it or not like most of the song because that was one of the things when we'd buy albums growing up in the seventies and eighties. Is I fucking I, I didn't buy a lot of albums because it was like two or three good songs. At a you know nine to eleven songs, so maybe a third I guess of that them depends on what album. I guess that depends on what album you bought. 
Well, yeah, in the and I'm talking like literally in probably in 75 when I started buying albums at Bernstein and Applebee's at Metcalf South Shopping Center, Novelin Park, Kansas. They used to sell records at Applebee's? Uh no, I th- uh I'm pretty sure that was the name. No, it's not. It was Bernstein. I think it was just I think it was an independent record store at our mall. It was a big one. But I remember okay. buying uh, Hall and Oates. Uh, actually, I remember it's probably, I'd have to look at when it was released. It'd be 76, 77, I'm thinking. Uh, La Freak by, uh, uh, the, what, uh, no, a Chic by La Freak. The group was named. I mean, I remember buying the, you know, I would buy the singles. So I was really into singles with the B side because I didn't want to buy a whole album. I would rather spend. I don't know what the cost then. It was probably a dollar for a single and like it was, it, was a, it was a fraction of the price of the album. Right. And I would rather do that. So back then a lot of time so I may not like an album. So an artist may put an album at and maybe shit. I may not like anything on it, but then I would give it a sh- the next time they'd put an album out because of the advertising and everything that was pushed behind it, I would give it another shot. Now that you're doing a lot of self-promo or independent promo, is that difficult if you've reached someone, they try your your music, your product, and for whatever reason, they don't like it? Uh, the sound isn't good. Something it's, it's something that you could work through. Like just over as you've matured as an artist, you've gotten better. Do you have people come back and revisit your, your product now that maybe had visited once and was like, no, this isn't for me, but have come back? Um, because now it's a more complete or finished, not complete, but in the process uh, of growing as an artist. Um, that's a good question. Um, really, honestly, um, I, have to, I have to answer that from personal experience, such as just releasing music through YouTube and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, when I first started, um, you know, I got videos on that YouTube channel that hit 2,000 views. I got videos that hit barely 100. And so um, I don't like to, like I said, I don't like to box myself in necessarily. So I know, I know what I prefer and what I'm good at, but th- th- there's times where people will hear me come with something unexpected and not know how to feel about it. And so really you can't ever please everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so it gets, you know what I'm saying? And if you let that get to you, like, um, you know, even the greatest artists have a lot of haters. And even some of them might even have some good points. But the whole point is if you get too invested in other people's opinions, who are especially just listeners, and that's why uh, I was about to bounce back on this other point. Like I said just a minute ago, I think that's the problem with hip-hop especially. We have all these casual listeners. Right. A casual listener doesn't actually care about the culture. And I mean, I'm not black, but I'm mixed, but I have love for the culture. Like I know everything. Like I've done my homework. I've dug into craves. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if I'm gonna hop in this kind of genre, I need to know something about it. Right. And I like even in school, like history was like one of my favorite things. And so for to for me to go dig and then and find shit out was almost kind of just secondhand nature. I know everything from what you got now all the way back to the 90s and even to the 80s, even to Sugar Hill Gang, Big Daddy Kane, Rock Him, Big L, 
De La Soul, The Roots. I mean, not even necessarily the biggest names ever, KRS-One, you know what I'm saying, MC Sham, all legends and pioneers in this genre. And so that's the problem with the whole hip-hop scene, though, is because you can even have a Black person not even know their own culture as good as I do. And that's the sad part, because they only care about that drill music that they're coming out with now. And um, don't get me wrong, I mean, rap is rap, and I love rap, but when you're sitting there, you're putting out music that's literally promoting the poison in your community, to me, it's disgusting. And you're all sitting there supporting these uh, ratchet female rappers, you know, saying, I don't know why someone like Sexy Red should get more attention than someone like Roxanne Shantae. Yes, right. I get Roxanne Shantae was decades before, but she's actually rapping and not actually, you know what I'm saying? I, I remember a time. So this where is where this is where I would go 50-50 on both of them. Sexy Red is one of the so uh Gio would ask me like some of the stuff that I listened to, and I, I think I caught him off guard when I think the first one I said was sexy red and then but it's weird because it's sexy red and then it's Megan the Stallion, so it's MTS. But then I also have BTS, the boy band from uh, South Korea, uh, Cupcake, Ruby Rose, uh, Culture Club, Hall and Oates, Tupac, The Monkees. So I mean, I I love Tupac is the most recognizable name on there. Tupac was the only artist that you named uh, out of all those that I actually listened to. I I love Tupac. And so one of my favorite songs and so so for the listeners know, uh, you'd reached out we we were scheduled to uh to to convene at a certain time. You'd reached out a little bit before and said you were ready and I just said, "Hey, I'm going to keep the regular time." And that's because uh I I'm just my my fucking weird personality, but I kind of get set into I, I get into these habits and it is pre-gaming. So I'm listening to music and I'm getting ready and I'm kind of getting in, in the mindset because I've been working on notes uh, for for you and I. It was a much shorter time, but luckily I was off for my regular job today. So I was spend, able to spend extra time on it. But, you know, I, I'm focusing on doing notes and things like that. So I get really focused into doing the show and it's all about me. It really is. I... That's one reason I don't like doing video. I've done some video and it's fine, but it is not my preference because most of the time when I've seen people start doing video podcasts, as they grow or get more recognition, they change. And I don't want to change. Yeah. I mean, because I, do, I don't want to change because they're changing for the audience. They, they become more, if I say this, well, I get more likes, you know. So they find what that is. I don't want... I, I rarely look at my numbers. The the most I really do is I will out of two hundred and eighty ish shows now, I will look at my top ten just because I'm interested in seeing how that kind of moves around, which doesn't move that much, honestly. I will look at that yeah. and I will look at the number of countries I am listened to. And that's literally the only number because I don't want it to affect me. I don't want it to be like Oh well, you know, you, you know these particular interviews. So say that the interviews that I did with authors that are self-published independent authors did really well, but the interviews that I did with you and Geo and Nine One Eight didn't do well. Well, 
I enjoy talking to both of you. I don't want to start now talking to more authors and less rappers and less artists. I don't want I don't want that to impede me. And it sounds like you're kind of the same way where you're you're this is still a craft about this is still artistry and about your creativity. Basically what you're getting at is you're keeping your level of integrity um what you believe in, your core values, and not selling out to what could be a more mainstream audience. Right. That you had certain kind of people as guests. And, you know, so I get, yeah, I would actually agree with you there. Um, most definitely. I would say we were very similar in that way. Um, what's and, the and, weirdest, um, what's the oh, weirdest oh, oh, thing? Oh, 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 my, uh, Sorry, go ahead. On my previous statement, though, I yeah. mean, I wasn't, I mean, so, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not like, so I made the sexy red comment. I know you you might catch some hell for that, and because people on the internet are gonna be like, "Well, why can't she do whatever she wants?" I'm like, "You can't call everything rap, right? You know, you don't you don't call blues rap. Yeah, and you don't call I, I, blues rock. So here's a big you know here's a big thing that my 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 wife is is uh, a country girl, and so. Okay. Um, in over 28 years with her, I will listen to country music with her. I've gone to country concerts with her. One of the most fun concerts we went to was a country concert. Um, so, yeah. uh, so I get it. But there are certain artists, like when she was watching recently, what under award shows, whatever that was, that was on recent CMTs, whatever it was. Like, I'm like, I'm looking at them and I'm not saying that a country artist can't have tattoos and stuff, but nothing like... If I didn't know it was the award show, it oh, was. Talk, man, and, and, I feel like I know what artist you're talking about too. It, nothing you, was country. About the artist. I mean, it was a very good song, and I liked it a lot. But I'm just like, that's not a fucking. I mean, nothing. If, if I didn't know this was a country awards uh, awards show, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, oh, that's a country song. In no way. Are if you, you gave me ten guesses, I wouldn't say so. Uh, can I take a guess at who you might be talking about? You you can say it, but I I even if you're right, I may I not feel know. Like I, I feel like you're talking about Jelly Roll. He yes, uh, I mean he, Jelly Roll he got is tattoos all over his face and and you know, you know what I'm he, he, he kind of puts out like a range of music. He is, but there's but like, there's a, there's a couple other artists, and one of the first ones that really got into it was uh, Florida Georgia Line. Which I know that they are very country boys and they are country, but a lot of their songs, I would, I, uh, like us olden it, it folks. don't necessarily reflect that. Yes. Just like how people may not consider rap today the, cons- the same as Tupac was in the 90s. Um, well, like, I, I think it's the same way w- with that. I mean, it's still rap. Like, drill is still rap. It's just a subgenre, just like lo-fi or anything. It's just um, the difference in the production, really. And, well, I don't care what nobody says. Um, I mean, this is opinion, but really, you could really just go do your homework. I mean, besides artists like myself and artists like J.I.D., who's on Dreamville, dope awesome artist who actually cares about the lyrics and the culture like like if i gave you my top five rappers you might know some of them but you'd also only know some of them for actually keeping their integrity intact 
And so, like, to me, the Who female are they? rappers Who are, you are top now five, are then? not mine. My top five, well, my main man, do I definitely got influenced by Okay, but see, the guy who got me into rap was Eminem, but I don't think he's the best. I think he's one of the best, but I don't think he's the best. Right. The person I think the best is probably Nas. Not little Nas X, but right. Nas. Illmatic, it was written. I am Nostradamus, QB Finest, Illmatic, Godson, Streets Disciple. You know, and so on and so on into these new KD three series, the King's Disease trilogy and the Magic trilogy that he just he just dropped six albums in the last three years, and rapping at a level over Hit Boy production that is just immaculate to me anyway, because it has substance. He hits you like on everything. You know, what I'm saying right. Like, you know, it, he's putting it's... out songs that uplift his community. He's putting out bangers. He's coming with bars. He's giving you advice. Like he has songs like uh, uh, "Once a Man, Twice a Child." Like just from that name alone, you can tell yourself that that's a deep song that would probably really resonate with you. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and and you got songs like "Get Light" that is just kind of upbeat and make you just kind of like, "Damn, this is smooth." It's got that smooth, smooth saxophone jazz feel to it you know what i'm saying he he articulates things and he uses words that a lot of artists don't use right you know so i put him at number one for me personally but uh behind and no order list behind him you could put eminem kendrick j cole um is like some of my like big, um thinking of one more black star has been on my mind a lot lately he was in the roots um, fantastic lyricist, dope freestyler, you know, been around a long time and could still sit there and go on stage and murk your favorite rapper. You know what I'm saying? I'm, try like, I'm trying to think records. of... So here, sometimes I enjoy talking to people because it um, really... It, it brings back memories that I, for whatever reason... It's like during the middle of the conversation that I had it, but I had dated this girl who worked for Capitol Records, and so when artists oh, would yeah. come, uh, when artists would come to town, um, a lot of time, and I didn't date her very long. And the only two groups, and I know there were multiple groups. Actually, there were more. There was uh, fucking a. I'm trying to think of all the the artists that. Anyway, the now the three that I remember was uh, we hung out with uh, Radiohead uh, when they were in town. Okay. Um, uh, Everclear, which was a rock band, uh, so uh, Art and the guys got to hang out with them. And then, but as we're talking rap, the first one that popped into my head was the Beastie Boys, which I know it's a different type of rap. Go. But man, the, in the late '80s, early '90s, the the BC Boys were 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 hot, and I remember they played uh, some down at Kemper Arena, and then their their after party, we went to the Velvet Dog, which I want to I want to say is still there. I can't believe it would be 30 years later, but I think it was probably 50 or 60 years old at that part. So why couldn't at that point? So it could be 100 years old at this point. But I mean, it is interesting these. Uh, 
these these artists that you hear. And I was trying to think about the ones that were influential when I was growing up. Oh, you could tell Beastie. Oh, you could definitely tell Beastie Boys was influential. Um, oh, I love you know, like, them. Like when you brought up Beastie Boys. Uh, uh-huh. When I think of like the beats and their production, it was kind of almost like a rock style in a way with some of the songs. Right. You know, and it had the electric guitar in it. And so, like, the first song that comes to mind when you name them uh, were the first two artists were with, and I'm only going to say Jay-Z for the one song, but 99 Problems, like the original version that Rick Rubin pro- uh, produced. Right. It, it was kind of a, it, it, it was a rock, you right. know what I'm saying, kind of anthem almost, because it was on the Black album. And then a year later, he would do the Collision Course album at Lincoln Park, which is a favorite rock band of mine, one of my favorites I grew up listening to. I listened, I grew up listening to a lot of rock before I got into rap. And the other artist that came up, though, as far as rappers go, is obviously Eminem. Um, if you check out his Kamikaze album in 2018, year after Revival, he, okay, so you know there's samples in hip-hop. I've never seen someone sample an art cover. This dude was literally the first one I've ever seen sample an art cover. So on the Beastie Boys album, I don't know, I don't remember what album it is, uh-huh. but it's an airplane. Yeah. The, uh, and, and so I want to say that's licensed at ill, but I'm not positive. You might be right. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't quote you on that for sure, but Eminem would drop that. Uh, well, he would change certain parts of it and, you know what I'm saying? But he basically sampled the artwork right and i just thought that was like i didn't know that for the longest time but because like i dig into crates and i watch videos like i watch drink champs you know what i'm saying shout out to nori for providing an awesome podcast and talk show um i, I enjoy drink champs um dj flack and go fuck himself though uh, um and just so we, just so popcorn. that to put everyone's mind at ease, I, I just looked it up. It was licensed to ill is the one with the, the tail end of the uh, airplane on it. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so Eminem sampled that for Kamikaze, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, kind of fit with the name of the uh, album and everything. And, um, yeah. um but no, yeah, you, you can so, definitely tell Beastie Boys had a big impact. Um, Here's a good question for you. How do you feel about Vanilla Ice? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm, I'm so, just going to so, so here's just the... say it now. One song carried that whole album. His second album flopped. And this dude don't want to battle nobody. No, and I get that. He, like, is, not, he, he, he is a phony... I think his real name is... It's not Vanilla Ice, surprisingly. Oh, well, no, I know. You know, I, mean, I think it's like Robbie Van Winkle or something like that. And so, like, in his, like, his background and things were, I, I'm not sure there was as much street cred that he was taking that should have been afforded him. I think that uh, well, he, he kind of misspoke about his past. But that being said, um, my favorite song was not um, Ice Ice Baby. My favorite song from that album was Stop This Train. That I really like. That I I like that song. Uh, you know what the I, crazy part is? You know what the crazy part is? What? Nobody, hardly nobody will know what song you're talking about. Yeah. Because of the one song. Right. But but that's he's stop- the definition. He's the definition of an industry plant. Of a what? 
like of an industry plan. Oh yeah. Basically someone who's there to push a certain kind of agenda yeah. for the record labels. But like, I will tell you, you know, man. So I loved it because if I was at a dance club back then, so let's see that when that would have been out, that would have been beep, boop, 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 sorry, 88, 89. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think because I know what bar I was at in Florida, in South Florida, on Clearwater Beach. Uh, when the, so when that, so when that song would come out, the, when that song would come out on, boom. I mean, I was, if, if I was not even in the mood to dance, I was, and I, back then, oh my God, I was a... It, like male ho. I mean, I was just, I, I was god awful. And it's a good thing that I got my wife pregnant before she knew my history because I was fucking god awful. Right. That right, being right. You, said, you're probably, the guy, you're, you're probably the guy who would get too lit and smack multiple chicks on the ass type of shit. Well, I would just, <laughs> I was the type that wasn't afraid to say, We're, you know, let's dance and we'll go fucking the, in the coat closet after this. Well, okay, as long as you're a good right. dancer. Okay, and then I just was, I and I still do, I exude way, way too, uh, probably more so now than I did back then, but way too much confidence. But that song would come on, Ice Ice Baby, I would find the hottest girl standing within reach of me, or if I had to go out of the way, I would. And even if she was talking to another guy, I did not give a shit. I'm 6'5". So very rarely am I intimidating. Yeah. And I'm, I, 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 right. I, I'm thin, I, but I've always been in shape. I've always been in good shape. So I've, most people defer to me and they shouldn't. I, I, I'm a pussy. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get in fights, especially at 56. I'm not fighting anyone. So, um, yeah. But well, that's I, an understandable thing. But, but that shit, I would just grab, I would just grab a girl because I could. And I, and it's funny, I say this all the time when people say, oh, so this last weekend, uh, I'm in Kansas City, um, they say that at my work, hey, you can wear Chiefs jerseys on Fridays, well, on Friday, I ask if I could wear my Buccaneers jersey, and they go, well, it's not a Chiefs jersey, well, I don't care about the fucking Chiefs, I want to wear a Buccaneers jersey, yeah. and they're like, well, um. you know, we, we'd rather you not, and I go, you know what, I am, and one of my coworkers is, they said, well, you, and the boss, the owner's standing right there, and they. And one of my coworkers was like, you know, they said they don't want you to do that. I go, they said they'd rather me not, which I'm going to take as an okay, because I really make my own rules, okay? And then I looked at the owner, and they just, their look at me was what? like, okay, I'm wearing the jersey then. So, I mean, I just, so I would grab someone. So I tell you, that song probably got me laid uh, the over-under would be 20. I mean, that would be a good betting line. If I ever get sponsored by, like, one of the Vegas casinos or any casino, actually, I would take any at this point. If, if I got sponsored by one of them, the over-under for me getting laid to, because of the song Ice Ice Baby coming on, 20. That's where I'm going to lay that. It was a <laughs> fucking A. I can't think. I mean, there are a lot of songs I like now. Um, which there's probably a hundred songs that they come on and my wife's like, oh shit, I'm getting laid tonight. You know, whether she's really that into it, which she, I, You're you know, that energy. yes, I'm sitting, yes. But, but that song back then, I, I will give him that. I mean, I will give people, 
no matter how much I may dislike someone, I will give them the credit due. But I will also have reasons why I don't like them. I won't just say I don't like them and then leave it open. I will have concrete evidence for that, but I can give someone their due. Uh, so that song got me laid a lot. So I'm glad, at least for the one album that was out. And actually, I don't know how. I, actually, it could have been the the B-side. I don't know. But the, the, the song, I'm almost positive it's called Stop This Train, uh, was a much better, in my opinion, song. At least just, uh, it's probably more. I'm going to have to check that out then. I'm going to have to check it out because I never heard that song. So, the, so, you know, so my big ones back yeah. then would have been... Um, Public Enemy, uh, N.W.A., uh, Too mm-hmm. Short, um, okay. uh, Tribe Called Quest. I mean, so that that's, that's a lot of the type of, like, uh, uh, Left My Wallet and El Segundo. That's still one of my favorites from t- Tribe Called Quest to go back to. I mean, there's certain songs. The reason I loved, uh, like, N.W.A. and Too Short is because back in the day is right when... It was right before they came out with like uh, parental guidance, the uh, the es- explicit sticker on on content on albums, right? Yeah, and so they would Singles they would albums. beep everything out. So unless you went to like a real record store, I mean, not yeah, not like about, a chain. Yeah, I was about to say, if you went to Kmart to buy your your um your CDs, I always joke like uh, too short. I remember my my cousin uh, got a Too Short album at Kmart. I'm almost positive it was at Kmart. And um, it sounded like Morris Code. It was like, now take my beep. She don't complain about beep because she's my beep. And when you beep her and give her all your beep, I get paid or put my foot in her beep. And it was just funny. Everything I was like... How can you even listen to that? It was just so uh, yeah. And so I would I would go out and find the the uh, the explicit the uncut what it was really meant like. And I was introduced to a lot of that music. I played a lot of basketball. Uh, Living in suburban Kansas City, there were no good games. I had to go downtown. And downtown Kansas City back in the early '80s was not. Uh, I was the only guy that looked like me. And I never even thought about it. So so with me, color has never made any difference because I never, people would be like, well, I don't see other people's color. I see everyone else's color. I don't see my own color because I don't look at myself. And I, I took this on when I talked about feeding my squirrels is there is an albino squirrel once and all the other squirrels would leave him alone. Like they wouldn't like interact with him. And I always Almost felt so. I always like felt outside, so like he's an outsider, right? And I always felt so bad because I don't think that squirrel knew that it was white. I don't think it knew. Like all the other squirrels saw that it was different than the other squirrels, and so they didn't want to interact with it. But yeah, it they didn't treat know. It like it's abnormal. Yeah, and I always felt like I was that white squirrel that didn't know I was white. And I was just lucky well, that wherever I went, I was always accepted. Even if there was some friction at the beginning, I seemed to have a good sense of humor. Or, once again, with my height and not backing down. A lot of times if you just, if you present yourself as I belong here, people don't fuck with you. 
And so when I would show yeah, up, I mean, yeah, I would show up sense, and, yeah. you know, sometimes people would try to intimidate me. I played at a, a, a court over on Truman and I remember we needed uh, either an eighth or a 10th to run full. And this guy comes up and he's like, yeah, I'll play and, and showing up in his jeans. And, you know, he, he takes his T-shirt off. And what wasn't uncommon was to see someone pull a gun out and like wrap it up in their T-shirt and put it on the side. Like he had three. The fucker had three guns oh, wow. in his waistband. And what after, and it's funny for me, as the white guy, I just didn't call as many fouls. It had to be pretty fucking flagrant for me to call fouls at that point. But I also played rough, and they enjoyed that. Um, but I, I, I was introduced because of where I would hang out. And a lot of times, I would go down uh, on Main Street. There was a Catholic church uh, that in the parking lot, they had a basketball court. And because of the, the lights in the parking lot that stayed on all night, you could play all night. And we'd go play there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And There's so, nothing playing like basketball at night. Yeah, and so enjoyable. I was introduced to all this music that where my suburban high school – you know, I would come back listening to Too Short and everyone first, fuck, what are you listening to? Where did, where did you go? You know, I actually think I had at my church that my Sunday school class lay hands on me because of the music that I listened to, um, you know, wow, to try to get the sad. demons out of me and stuff. So, but I, I, I was, I, I love the experiences that I had. I mean, I just always felt wherever I've been, I've always felt very accepted. I've always tried to comfortable. Yeah. Because I haven't tried to be me. I've tried to be, I, I, I want to be part of whatever's going on here. How, how can me, how can I best do that? And that's what I look for. The best way that I can fit in in whatever situation. And luckily that introduced me to a, a ton of great music uh i mean uh like i said uh left my wallet in el segundo is a great one i always go back to uh tupac i get around because i mentioned i was a whore my wife when she met me um so there are a lot of people depending on the time of year that you meet me you may not 100 think that i'm white uh in the summer i get very right. very dark i mean i've had Throughout my life, I've always had, uh, especially black women, come up and ask me, because I have bright blue eyes, ask me whether I'm white or black. I am adopted. Or mixed. Yeah, and so, but see, I would always answer, so here is my go-to, and and I would love this, because no matter how how dark uh, the, the, the woman asked me this was, I knew I could make them blush. If they asked me the question, are you black? And I would always answer, and this is true, I am adopted. And I'd always say, well, I'm adopted. That being said, I've seen myself dance. I've seen myself play basketball. And I've seen myself uh, naked. So quite frankly, I could be a black. And it's funny because they would blush and they would laugh and they would just think that. And actually, that would lead into a lot of, oh, really? Like, I don't think you're telling the truth. And I'd be like, I guess there's one way to find out. So, I mean, God, I was a fucking right. Whore. Right. There I was, you go. A, you, 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 you I mean, Ali ooped that shit. Oh yeah. I was fudging, but my wife had no idea when she met me, when I played basketball, I used to wear my bandana. Uh, if you look at the uh, video, uh, I get around by Tupac it's the the knots in the front and it's not covering his head it's just mm -hmm. tied around and that's how i used to i used to always just uh, i was a huge tupac fan back then and it was funny because 
especially when I had to play basketball in the, at the community center in suburban Overland Park, and I would wear my bandana like that. So they were already intimidated because I was 6'5", and then you have this guy wearing his bandana like that, and they didn't know what the fuck to make of me. Oh, it was funny. Oh, yeah, good times. Uh, intimidating people, my favorite. But, man, there was some good music back then. Uh, so let me ask you this. What's the weirdest thing? So I kind of mentioned... Um, Here's the weirdest thing I have, and I can't think of the name of the song. I have a song by Steven Seagal in a playlist. And if you're like, if you're like, uh, hold on, the only Steven Seagal I've ever heard of, the actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am. I I am one hundred. Evidently, he can actually play the guitar. I don't know how. Oh. I don't oh. know. I don't know. I've seen videos. I don't know. And and I think it was before AI, so we can't I don't even think we can blame it on that. Now the video for this song is not a real video. It's like pieced together. And it's funny because he's just doing some like karate opera tango solo thing shit going on. And it's funny, the video. And I don't Oh, I do remember. It's uh, there's a line in the song, something, and I don't remember it exactly. It's something about he wants to see the punani, and the fact that oh, Steve, punani, punani, yes, the, the, meaning another word for vagina. Yes. Yeah, so the fact that he, that Steven Seagal, ja Rule, the, the, the first time, the first time I ever heard that word was used by Ja Rule. I mean, okay, well, and Biggie, and Biggie Smalls. Um, so so you, I just want you I to understand, Resonate, I just want you to understand that we have now lumped Steven Seagal, overweight, under-talented actor. Guy, I hope he doesn't come by and kill me for that. Uh, that we have just oh, now me, lumped him he, he in. Can't be, he, he can't be more mad at you than what South Park did to him on that safe space episode. I was. I never watched was South Park. Vicious. So I, well, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I don't watch TV no more. That was like more when I was a kid, like what kids should have been watching my age when I was watching shit like that, like South Park and stuff. Like before I was even 10, I knew what sex was because of like just graphic movies, uh, inappropriate humor, watching adult swim, violent video see, games. And that's, that's and, why I didn't watch those because, um, South Park and I really like family guy, except we had small kids and i remember one night mm-hmm. i was watching family guy and there was quagmire something was on was in a scene doing something to some hooker or something whatever he was doing and uh, our oldest came in and she wanted to watch it because it was a cartoon she didn't understand the difference right. between Dor- realize, yeah so i stopped watching them i mean i wasn't that into them i wasn't like oh i gotta watch because back then we actually had to either watch it live or tivo it and right. it was cable yes so it was my it was different times I grew up in that area okay okay so but um so yeah, it was. It, so I never really watched. The only South Parks I've seen is I saw the two COVID specials, and I thought they were very fu- not funny enough to go back and watch the show. But those two COVID specials were funny. Um. Oh, so hold on. Yeah, I was gonna I say. Mean, so I was talking about. So we got so sidetracked on Steven Seagal, and he can do that. That's what he does. He sidetracks you, and then he punches you in the throat. 
Um, so, so I have, uh, you know, Hall and Oates. I have Cupcake. I mean, in a playlist of I hit shuffle, it, it could be Sexy Red followed by BTS, followed by Culture Club, followed by Hall and Oates, Tupac, and then the Monkees. So, um, and then Beethoven or Vivaldi. So, what is the strangest thing that you listen to, at least on a like? A pick me up, a, a mood enhancer, whatever. What what's something that is um, a go to for you that people may it once you say it out loud and just wait a second. Once you say it out loud, everyone that knows you will be like, because mine is, and I will tell you this: I listen to classical music in the car. So a lot of people like. Oh, there's nothing wrong. With that. So if you like, if you go to the pool. In the summertime, you know, my playlist is uh, Dochi, Sexy Red, you know, that type of music. And then someone may go get in the car to go somewhere with me, and it's Vivaldi. And and, and they always think that's so weird. But to me, my my uh, what I'm doing at a pool and how I want to be there and that energy is quite different than what I want in a car, which is kind of why I do that. So what's the, what's the weirdest? Well, that makes sense. What's the What's the... The, the the strangest thing that people, long-term people that know you or think they know you, what's the strangest thing in your playlist right now? Um, I would have to say, um, not necessarily classic, but I love jazz. And yeah. um, like, the kind, like, like the kind of jazz, well, I can listen from like 1920s jazz to uh, swung jazz because uh, of many forms of jazz. So yeah, I will tell you, you need to come wow. up to Kansas City, which you know that as as a musician, you know that Kansas City is a jazz hub. But there are a couple, the Dolphin and the Green Lady uh, Lounge downtown uh, jazz clubs. My wife and I enjoy going to the Green Lady. It's just a it's just a fun like because they're open till two a.m. and so it's a fun go down and listen to an organ trio at you know eleven o'clock. You show up at a midnight. You know, just because you can right. and go do that. But man, I, I'm totally on board with you with jazz. That's mm, yeah. And, and well, and the reason I say that is because it had an influential piece in like the music that I do now, like soul and blues. But um, I won't like I listen to any kind of jazz from any era. Like I'm not picky because like I probably have to say my favorite instrument when it comes to jazz, which probably sounds corny because it probably might be the most popular. Or, or at least I might think so, is a saxophone because it's so mesmerizing and smooth. Yeah. My second would be have to be the piano, and my third would have to be the drums because you know with jazz you don't have to be um, exact necessarily. Like you know, so it can be a little off each time. Yeah. Like you're not trying to sit there and like. It's not about perfection. Humanize. Yeah, yeah. You're not trying to humanize what makes it so beautiful is the fact that they're not trying to make it the most perfect thing. You're finding beauty in the imperfection. Right. And what that, the moment is, and I think jazz represents like actual, what the world would be like. Okay. Like take earth, but say earth was all music, which is a crazy ass metaphor to think about. It would be jazz. And I say that because it can change up, change tempo at any time. Right. I pick jazz because, um, of its intricate level of playing, you know, saying because most most bands have to play together, but 
when you got someone who will do a saxophone solo, like a guitar solo, or something that's not being like absolutely, oh, everything has to be like, you know what I'm saying, right on time, it, it, it's really beautiful to me. And like, I'll, I'll, I'll pick out like slow jazz too. This is like, I'm a big on pacing and contemplating. I don't think that I overthink. I just don't escape my thoughts. Right. Most people have to find ways to escape their thoughts in everyday life through meaningless things like social media and stuff. I don't do that, especially for a 23-year-old. And that makes it a lot more unorthodox. Like, I don't need to watch TV. I don't play video games anymore like that. I don't do none of that regular people stuff. I don't want to sit there and... Sorry, I just <laughs> said I do. As soon as you said I mean, no I, video I, I, games... I don't want to... Well, I, I will play video games, but it's not like I go out of my way to go buy a system right now. Right. When I got something that's more important to me than video games and more entertaining, in my opinion, which is my music. Right. And you know, saying that's not even the only thing that matters. It's just like it takes a big part of my life. And like for me, even as a kid, I knew one day I want to grow up. I want to do something. I went from drawing out my own cartoon characters to writing scripts for video games, to making 2D platformers, to wanting a skateboard, to all these different things. And it's like the only thing that really stuck for as long as it has is rap. So, Is that because of the creative outlet you get, which is different than skateboarding and other things? Um, Mainly it actually because my childhood... Um, you know, dreams weren't a thing that were very cultivated because of lack of freedom and restriction. And so by the time I actually got into rap and knew what rap really was or or starting to, I'd already ran away from home. I ran away from home because of drug issues and just the just the bad atmosphere. You know, so I'm like, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm I'm not sitting here doing dealing with this shit no more. Here, let me just go. And from since like seventeen cents I've supported myself and then I've slowly over time got myself to this level of, uh, I guess, skill is the best way to put it or level of knowledge about the genre or anything like that. And, um, that's how like all that kind of like formulated, I got tired of being like, man, there's only so many things in the world that you can aspire to be or aspire to do before someone like your family members, your friends, you know what I'm saying? Even if you think your best friend, your cousin, your uh, significant other, I purposely made it a point to get around people that I know are actually going to sit there and at least take the time to actually listen. And like, so say I did a freestyle and it was terrible. I don't want someone. I don't want someone who I care about to sit there and be like, "You are such shit. You should never do this." Right. But I don't want them to be like, oh, I thought it was really good. You did great. You know what I'm saying? You're, you know what I'm saying? I don't want the lies, but I don't want you to be a dick at the same time. Right. Like, you can tell me what I need to work on. It's like, ah, I didn't really like this part, but I thought this part was all right. You did good there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Being able to actually give big, uh, destructive and constructive criticism at the, same, at the same time is, I think, the best way to go about things. And that's how me and my partners go about stuff. We're like, I'm not going to sit there and tell one of them that, oh, this is like the hardest shit you ever wrote just because it's your newest song. 
know what I'm saying? I'm going to have my personal favorite, and I'm going to be honest with you without being a dick. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I expect the same way vice versa. Well, I don't know what that's like, because I tend to be a dick all the time, quite often, all the time, quite all the time, all the time. I mean, and and I, I, when you were saying that, I feel like I'm much like you. I mean, as long as people have reasons, if they're giving you constructive, I mean, that was great. Well, why was it great? I mean, if they can be, I mean, the more detail, the, the, you know, I I would always talk about a specific and immediate feedback because you would want something that, is immediately so that you know i i oh i thought you did this or this that you know what's going on it, it, it's right there you know you just saw it or just the, just interacted whatever the situation was and then it's specific because if it's not specific it really doesn't matter i mean you know like i remember back in sales you know if i went up to a salesperson i was like oh that last interaction was really good and then they just they were like well how and i just looked at them so here, here's the right. thing. This is something like, that, that happened recently to me. Someone was talking about how um, they were talking. They, they were talking about a lot of things, and then they all of a sudden they go, "Oh, and Obama was the worst president we've ever had." And I was like, because it, it kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, so all I said was, "Oh, well, why?" I mean, I, I don't give a shit. Everyone has an opinion, and this is what I got. I mean, li- so, and I'm the one that I love calling people out. Even if I, even if it's calling them out just at my own humor, which I know this doesn't sound right, but you know, it, usually if you, uh, race is a good one to call people out on. And I, so when he looked at me like that for literally like five seconds, I go, oh, because he's black, isn't it? No, 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 no. And I was just like, but you didn't have an answer. I go, so once again, why was he the worst president ever? And all you would have to say is Obamacare. I like Obamacare. I think it actually is a plus for the country. I think that we should have socialized medicine for the entire country. That's just me. Anywho, anyhow, but he could have said, I don't like Obamacare. I could have, I may have followed, generally I would follow up, but I mean, at least give me an answer. My mom once said something about, there was a a woman pastor at one, uh, from our church. We were opening, we were taking over another church in the city, making it like a satellite location. And it's, we're in a very affluent suburb. This church is in a urban area, uh, an area of decay. And so when this female pastor, when it was announced she was going there, my mom said, um, she goes, uh, she goes, she's going to have trouble down there. I go, well, why is she going to have trouble down there? And she just looked, it was the same exact look I got from this person when they said Obama was the worst president. Um, and she was looking at me and I go, is it because of the color of the skin of the people that are going to come see her? is probably not going to be the same color in most instances as her skin. And I mean, once again, and I know, I mean, and I don't care. I mean, even if they said, oh, well, that's a long drive from here. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know where they live, but yeah, that would make, I mean, yeah, that would be a long commute. You know, if they, if they live next to where they work now and now they have to make a commute down there, that's a lot. Have a fucking reason. So I totally agree. I know I went off tangent there, but I totally agree with you that having the people around you that will give you not only you did well, you did poorly, or maybe not poorly is the correct word. Here's some improvements. Here's some ideas. You know, when you got to this, this could have been smoother. You could have dropped this word. There were a couple of extra words. Did you really need this line? Did you want to add this line? You know, oh, I heard you say this. What, how about this? Oh, that's a great idea. I mean, that's how the best, best ideas are born is a lot of, not always, but a lot of times you'll have someone that maybe even, the, it's not even their type of music they listen to, but e- that makes their ear even more acute to, almost because of their ignorance for the genre that they may say, oh, have you ever thought about this? Oh, no, I never thought about this. I don't even know if that means anything. So thanks. Okay. You know what I mean? So I, I totally get what you you mean by that. So um, I got to save stuff for our, 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 the next time because I, I, I'm hoping that you'll come back. But I do want to ask you one final question here. Um, sure. And it circles back to a name that popped up earlier because I had written this down and I'm going to read it exactly how I wrote this. It's the, I think it was the first question that I wrote after I knew that I was going to uh, interview. Do you slash some people need a beef to feel passionate about writing about do you, to you, if you're involved in a beef, is it, is it energizing? Is it deflating or is it just meh? Nothing. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. And, um, like I said, I have been in multiple battles. Um, I'm actually kind of in one right now. Uh, I don't like to name drop. I'm not going to name drop none of these people. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, not because I think that you're going to interview them or whatever, because trust me, you don't want to interview them. (laughs) Um, trust me, you can ask 918 or you can ask Geo, I mean, you know, anybody that me or them two have had beef with or anything like that, it's just, there's a reason we had beef with them. Right. And so, um, and it sounds like those two and now you, it's not lighthearted. It's not just like, oh, well, I don't like them because they like the well, Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, you know, it, it, it sounds like it, 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 it's legitimate. I mean, my it, and I was gonna ask you that. So, is are you is there a legitimate beef? And I and I don't know. It, I'm going to say with the person that we're talking about uh, with these others, and I'm not going to mention name again. Uh, but with Geo and with 918, or is it someone else? And second part of that is if someone you know, say 918, has a beef with someone. Do you, because of 918, take up that beef, or do you just kind of stay? I'm going to stay out into out of it unless I need to be involved. Because that's more my. I don't dislike like my, my. There's a commercial or something. I don't know what it's for. This guy's driving by in his car. He says hi to his wife, and then he says hi to the neighbor. He goes like hi Pam, and his wife turns him and goes, 
don't say hi to Pam. We don't like Pam. And he goes, never mind, Pam. Go fuck yourself or something like that. But I'm not that type. I Like, if someone's in a beef with someone, I will not be in a beef. Like, if it, if my toes get stepped on, yes. If I feel like I need to get involved, even if it's to step up for whatever reason, I, I don't mind doing that. But I will not just involve myself to be with one. Or, here, here's a quick side note. We were talking about listening to live music. I used to always go listen with my cousin downtown. And um, I had this really nice Jeep. I was waiting for a parking space that was really close. So I'm waiting to turn in right into this parking space. The car backs out towards me. As it backs out, a car comes from the other direction, just zips in, comes out of nowhere, takes the parking space. So this oh, car wow, drops off. So I put my Jeep in park. My cousin's is with me. My cousin is with me. I get out of the Jeep. I go up. Three guys get out of the car. And I, so I, uh, I'm saying, so I, was, I just said, you know, I'm waiting for that. And they go, sorry, guess uh, too bad they didn't pull out the, said something shitty or something. And so I look over my shoulder, fully expecting my cousin to be there. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to go one on three. Me and my cousin, I think the way they were looking, I was like, you know, at least, you know, let's see how much that, you know, everyone's getting ready to go out and trying to find, you know, pussy or whatever. So let's see how committed these guys are to, to start in their night. I fucking look over my shoulder. My cousin's still sitting in the Jeep. What? That's wild. And it was funny because then I just looked at the guys. I go, well, that's fine. I go, I'll go find another parking space. I go, but do remember, I know where you're parked. Meaning no, they were not going to know. And so literally we drove, we had to park way far away. But when we walked by, we walked by there, they'd move their car. So it was very funny. And, and it was funny because when I get in the car, I was initially pissed that my cousin was Stay not there. standing there with me. But then when I got in, he's like, dude, I want to get laid tonight, not get in a fight. And actually, that, that makes sense, though. It's funny because I think there was, I know there was a Lita Ford song out about that time. She was like a glam rocker where she goes, I didn't get laid. I got in a fight. Well, he wanted it to be the opposite. He didn't want to, and it made sense. I didn't really want to get into a fight. I, it was more about pride, about like, I was right. waiting for that. You know, it you really knew, didn't matter. You obviously, if you have eyes, if you have eyes, you are, anybody would have obviously seen that. And they obviously did the dick move. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's like, come on. And, and he actually saved me, but it was funny because at, at that point, I I totally changed because, oh, so my same cousin, we were in Florida at a bar and he was about to get into it with a couple of guys and he looked at me and I go, not my fight, but I'll take your drink. And I took his drink out of his hand. So I had two drinks in my hand. I was basically, I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, and, and I don't, I will stick up with so I'm not going to let someone get picked on. I'm not going to let, you know, three guys take on one, you know, but I'm also going to see if I can do something else sometimes. I don't feel like I right. need to have a beef with someone. So, so back to long story longer. Um, so the original question a long time ago was, are there, is the beef that I've talked about with the, the other guys, is there something personal? Have your toes been stepped on in that? Or was that something that you, just because of the circle of influence, you're near it, so you're part of it? 
Um, really good question and has a good story to it. Okay, so this is before. Okay, I met nine eighteen through. Okay, so I used to work in Donovan at this sawmill. Uh huh. Um, I would end up meeting this guy who had already worked there previously, but he came back. His name was Cody. Little did I know this was a relative of his. I'm saying I didn't know they were even related or even knew each other. I met Cody way first. I'm saying, uh-huh. and um, and and he freestyled a little bit. I mean, he he wanted to get into rap, but it, you know, some people they're not able to transition into that. Okay, I gotta have, no matter how tired I am. And granted that he had multiple kids, and you know, a woman, and so, you know, a lot of your time goes to that, which is totally understandable. Right. You know yes. what I'm saying? That, that's, yeah. not, that's not an issue. I mean. I would expect anybody to take the family situation first, but um, I would meet him, and then I'd meet Carmen, and then which Carmen is nine eighteen. Um, um. So when you met when but, you met him, uh, so you you met you met his uh, family member first, and then you met nine eighteen later. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, he actually introduced us um, at his uh, dad's house, and um, anyway, before all that, though, I was already on band lab. Okay, this uh, there was this group called NFG, okay, which is people that you know Twiggy was involved with, and a couple other artists, and um. W- now, is NFG artists? a group? I've seen on some compilation uh, uh, stuff. I've seen. I'm trying to think of the song offhand. Um, there's one, but the NFG was in there, and it was. I think it had 918 slasher. God, I'm trying to think. Uh, the money talk cipher. Yes, yes, the money talk cipher. Yes. Okay, check it so, out. None so, of that would have ever happened if it wasn't for me. I was actually supposed to be on that, and I chose not to. Uh, cause of my own things going on. And, um, and I was never against collaboration or bringing people together. Cause obviously I would not be trying to start an independent record label if that was the case. Right. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and give you a name. Well, not actual names, but, um, right. this dude who was in this group with Twiggy. Okay. So NFG was not even the actual group. Okay. So this dude Twiggy. There is actually a real group called NFG, but these corny ass motherfuckers. Twiggy is from Benton, Missouri. Where? The, what the fuck is that? It's a small ass fucking place where nobody dangerous is at. You know what I'm saying? You got this white anorexic looking Nazi trying to act like he's the biggest gangster ever. One of his um, group mates named at the time was NFG Onyx, okay? Now, if anyone has a brain, we all know that the name Onyx was the name of a rap group in the 90s, okay? Sticky Fingers. Um, try, I'm trying to think of everybody's name. I can't. But they put out songs like Slam, uh-huh. Last Days, and the Last Days instrumental was used in the movie 8 Mile against the battle against B-Rabbit and Lotto. It was the second out of three battles at the very end of the movie. Hmm. Where it go, you know, saying the uh where it had the Aretha Franklin sample in it, listen to the melody, 
Mm-hmm. And, and just the drums and the bass and the little horn sample. Um, I got mad at him because I'm like, because like I said before, I dig into crates. I got mad at him and I'm like, because I come from that old school where it's like, you don't bite lyrics, you don't take beats without giving, you know, say you don't do certain things. Right. But he, but he thought that he's like, oh, well, Onyx can mean a bunch of things. Like it has a whole different, different uh, definition. And I'm like, you still stole another group's name. You can't change that. Right. And not only did you not know that NFG was a fallacy, completely fake. It stands for no fucks given. I actually flipped the acronym on them and said, nobody's forever guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was like one of my biggest personal lines against them. I was like, because if you look up the acronym, you can sit there and just switch out the words. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really like acronyms in ways like that. But um, this dude uh, was the first person I actually ever really battled like that. And it was an agreed upon battle where it was like, well, he doesn't like personal disses. There was never no personal beef at first. And it never really got personal. I have no personal beef with none of these people, except for the last person I'm going to mention, which is a different foe at this moment. But nobody would have even known each other if this person, NFG Onyx, he, he, uh, before this battle, he actually tried to invite me to join this group. And I'm like, no, I think I'll stay independent. And maybe we can collaborate on songs here and there. I don't, I don't want to join a group of people. Right. This so-called group of people was a bunch of fake people. People that didn't even all even know each other. They were talking about they had over 200, 300, however many members they had that were beat makers, rappers, and all this and that. I'm like, none of it ever came to fruition. Never, none of it ever came to reality. Galen is, you know, is Twiggy. Galen is his first name. He was, as I take it, the founder and the leader of the group. He literally led everybody in that group on a whole lie. When you actually look up NFG Mayhem, that is actually one of the members of the real NFG group. And so 918 had ended up going and actually talking to him. Well, not going and talking to him, but getting a hold of him over social media, text, whatever. And he's like, I don't even know these dudes. Who are these dudes that right. are taking our group name? You know what I'm saying? And that's when we realized this dude had been fabricating an entire lie his whole career. The same dude who put out 300 songs is the leader of this group who literally stole the group name. And so that struck a chord with me because I pride myself on authenticity and reality right. and originality. Like, what is? Like, you don't hear a group named Pursue It. Nobody has ever heard a group named Pursue It record. You know what I'm saying? I've literally even Googled it. I Googled things, and I literally tried to, like, Google, or I literally typed in Pursue It records on Google. Nothing popped up for a record label. Right. That's how I got my name well, I came up with the name, and then I Googled it to make sure no one else had it. That, that That's how specific I am. And so this beef all started because I would drop one of my first few singles, which was The Raid, 
Um, and it was a diss track against this and a fiance dude. And um, he made the point, and this dude already had over 20 videos out. And, you know, I was like on my third or second one. The fact that, like, my video was winning at first in views, which a lot of, a lot of people still consider me the winner. Because, like I said, views and sales don't actually matter when it comes to skill. We've known these uh, people to buy bots or have bot views, if you know what I mean by that. Right. As in, like, basically create an account just to have your music stream for another view or another like. Like, it makes no sense to me. Right. Everything I always ever got was completely organic. And that's why my numbers vary. And now if you go over to someone like Twiggy's channel, you'll see a video that has 11K, but some of the next five videos will have somewhere in between two to three video, three views to maybe 10 tops. Hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. It's interesting. I mean, it, it really makes you think. It's like, wow, how did only 11,000 people like this one song, but nothing else in your whole discography? Yeah. Because generally, I would think it would be the same, and I don't do much for video. I do have my video YouTube channel. I mean, I have my YouTube channel that I have some of my video podcast or all my video podcasts on that I don't do that many. Um, but it's uh, – I forgot what I was just going to say. Um, well, I, I mean, I can go oh, ahead and finish Yeah, quick, sorry. Though. Yeah, sorry. Um. But yeah, I mean, because we're, we're, I mean, this is a story that's happened over years ago now. It started years ago. And um, anyways, it was just beef on kind of since then uh, with this NF, this fake NFG group and uh, imitators. That was the word I was, imposters, imitators is the best two words I can think of. And, um, you know, I always had a problem with people stealing lines and stuff. And in his, in, this dude replied to me, he literally said, fuck you and have a nice day. Now, think about that. Where did that come from? The second battle out of three from Eight Mile at the end of the movie, the same artist, Onyx, the rap group, he stole his name from, he stole a line from Lotto's verse, where it's at the end of the verse, he's like, um, all's well and ends okay, so I'll end this shit with a fuck you and have a nice day. He literally stole that fuck you and have a nice day line out of that battle from the same rap group he stole his name from. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Right. And then he would end up going against this uh, artist in this uh, tournament that 918 had started, a rap tournament that was it never got finished. It was called Dabble, and uh, which Dabble stands for something. I forget exactly how it's broke down, but... um. He would end up stealing a line from Eminem's song "Nail in the Coffin" and just like kind of changing a couple words, and I called him out on it because I dig so heavily into crates. When I hear a line, I can tell you where it came from. Right. Or or, or like that one song, "Welcome to My House." Uh, it's not even a rap song. Uh, something about a gun in your mouth. Biggie sit there and said that way before. He's like bring them rings and things you talking about, bring them out. It's hard to yell with the bear rattle in your mouth. Biggie said that first. And then some white man sat there and took there and stole, uh, stole that shit. 
See, that's one thing that I'm afraid of when I told uh, Gio and now 918 that I would uh, try to write a song with them that uh, that is uh, one of my downfalls. I think it depends on what kind of song you're trying to make. Yeah. I mean, if you can reference something and give someone credit, that's fine. Well, I just, I just think that, so a lot of times, and I, I do have a genius IQ. So uh, it's not, so it's not uncommon for me to know stuff, but there are times where my wife, even after 28 years, will be like, how do you know that? Like, even I shouldn't know that. And there are a lot of times where I'm like, I don't know how. I just know that I learned it at some point. And that's what I'm afraid of, like, writing a song. Like, I'm going to write what I think is a really creative song. I mean, like a lyric. But then it was actually like in, you know, a Ruby Rose song that, you know, was so buried in my playlist that I never heard until I was sound asleep. So it was my subconscious. I'm Because I, that does scare me. I'm like, I'm not that creative. I mean, it feels like every word should have been put together in some order already. I mean, as long as humans have been around, and especially as long as we've been rapping, that I feel like the words should have already been put in an order. So I'm just afraid when I put them in an order that someone already did it. And someone like you is going to call me out. You'd be like, yep, that's Slick Rick. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a good old school reference. I love but, Slick I mean, Rick. I understand that. I understand that. And that's why I, was, I always end up rewriting my lyrics at least two or three times. Like I sit there and I write down a whole page of I, I write the ideas down first, right? The rhymes down first, and then I come back later because what you feel one day or hours in the day is not what you're gonna feel like at you know another part of the day, right? Oh, I do you that all saying? the time. I'll, I'll write shit down and it's hilarious, and then later I'm like, wow, that was not funny. But uh, let me finish up real quick. Um, yeah, it was just kind of beef from there on out. I would end up dissing both Twiggy and this Onyx dude, and which he would end up changing his name to Archive, back to Onyx, back to Archive. And I'm just like, at least Archive, I've never heard another rapper with that name. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I don't I don't know a rapper with the name Resonate. Well, like, I used to even go by DJ Smith or D-Spaz. And so... You know, I always found a way to come up with the most original name I could possibly think of. Right. The most original lyrics I can possibly think of. Even if it sounds similar, you always you might always be compared to someone or be or sound similar. But as long as you're not just directly biting their lines all the time like Jay Z did Biggie, then I don't I don't, you know what I'm saying, really see an issue with the whole idea because it's hard to come up with so many different crazy ideas and you have especially when you're in a field as um as numerous as we are right you know what i'm saying like you're like like even you you know what i'm saying out of all the podcasts and things that people can listen to you are in an ocean of billions just like we are as rappers right and just like i am is also as a beat maker and a producer there's so many of us that it gets hard to really pick who did what first and you know who who's this and that but to get back to your question we me geo and 918 have also then came together as a team on many occasions not only just for collaborations but to stand as brotherhood 
because you asked the question earlier, um, do I get involved in beef? Like say 918 had a beef with someone, do I get involved? Well, it depends on the level of the threat. You know, we, we, we all talk and we communicate constantly about what's going on, what we've seen, what we were just told by people and all this. We share with each other constantly, which is what I feel like a label and a brotherhood should do, any kind of group. There is never a time where we just all ignore each other or we get, I can never ever actually say I've gotten in an argument with Geo or 918 ever. You know what I'm saying? Like we can disagree and calmly disagree about it. It's like, we'll, we'll sit there and explain our differences. Right. But to answer your question, like say someone was saying some personal stupid, like, like, like I'm really trying to cause, you know, some friction. I'll jump in just because I like to battle personally. Right. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm probably the biggest battler out of the group. And so for me, I'll battle you even if I don't have a reason to, just because I love the sport of competition. Right. And when it comes down to rap and music in general, rap is the only genre you can really do that in, and it's actually okay. You don't hear the doors trying to diss Nickelback. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear Limp Biscuit sitting there calling fucking Tom Petty trash type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Especially in songs. Right. And so I just love the battle aspect of it because that's really what kind of got me into it. And it's a good way to start as a beginner. You know what I'm saying? It gives you that stage presence, that level of confidence. And um, so, like, literally, just depending on the severity or the amount of people involved in something, like, I could take on multiple artists at one time. You know what I'm saying? But unless they're on that skill level, like Carmen or Geo is, will I even be worried? Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a few other artists, like, up on that level, but... I don't have beef with them. So and I guess it kind of sounds fucked up to say I've only beefed with inferior lyricists, but I didn't know that necessarily. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I purposely pick on the weakest targets. You know what I'm saying? I'll battle anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if I lose or not. Cause I'm going to go home with a winning experience of like, man, this is what I just learned. I always say a loss ain't a loss if it's a lesson learned. And so, but with my but my most current beef that I got going on is uh, actually a friend, um, well, former friend uh, that I knew all the way back in elementary. Yeah, I grew, I didn't grow up in one place. I moved around a lot, but there's one place that I would stay around in, which was like um, the Crystal City fastest area in Missouri, uh-huh. you know, the subtle area, Stanton, uh, Perryville, Texas. All, all, all that kind of area. Um, we've known each other since kids, since elementary. Um, and we've collaborated. With, and, and see, this, um, we've collaborated with a lot of the same people. Like a couple of these artists are going to be on the compilation album. The beef started between me and this dude because all the time I was like, I, I was able to get collaborations from my friend Luke. He's been on multiple of my beats. We've been on collaborations together. 918 has been on multiple of my beats, multiple of my collaborations. Same thing with Geo on multiple one of my beats. 
the two people that have dissed my beats the most are the same two people who collaborate with, well, you know what I'm saying, like Onyx. He literally is like, he'll never hit me up for a collaboration, but he has no problem going to Geo or 918. I'm just like, and so we supposedly had squashed our beef over a phone call in a group chat not too long ago. He still hasn't actually reached out. Like I've li- reached out multiple times. I'm like, hey, check out some of these beats, and I send his like voice clips through Messenger. Right. But if there's anything you like, you can, you know, what I'm saying, use it. You know, what I'm saying, I'm, 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 I'm extending my hand again, again. That's the most sickening part about it. And I'm like, you don't even respond to me, or hardly even acknowledge me, if you don't have to. Right. That shows me some kind of level of resentment, because. You're dissing. Okay, so let me put it into terms like this. 918 is on one of, on many of my beats, be even before streaming platforms. How are you going to call my beats trash without calling his lyrics over my, you know, the song that me and him made together? Right. Not trash. Right. You you literally dissed Geo and 918 by calling my beats trash. Anyone who's hopped on one of my beats, you're calling trash. Because you say my beats are trash. Okay, if that's the case, why are so many artists who are outdoing you in every aspect of the manner on my beats? Right. How does that make any sense? And so he wasn't the only one to sit there and try and diss my beats. It's just another piece of ammo people can draw from because none of these motherfuckers out here can make their own beats. They're all sitting there like 918 and Geo buy the leases to their beats. That's what you're supposed to do as a real artist. Right. You want to be on Spotify and Apple Music and all that? Quit being a broke bitch and go pay for the fucking leases. Right. Even if it is just a basic lease. You ain't got to buy the beat exclusively. So, and that's why I never really paid attention to anyone calling my beats trash. I mean, I know I come up with some trash ass beats. But I already know what's trash to me and what's trash to other artists. Right. So when I've literally almost produced a whole album worth of singles for Carmen alone, that's how I know you're lying through your fucking teeth. Right. And the dude I'm beefing with now, thing was, how are you going to hop on all the, how, how is all your friends going to hop on all these beats? But you have done several collaborations with, you know, these artists, but you can't hop on one of my beats and you don't even have to pay for the lease. That's the most screwed up part about the whole thing is even, like I go to other producers because I don't just produce every last single song of mine. I like to go to 34 Minutes or Sadivi or Kid Joey Beats. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all of them for being great producers and beat makers. I'm like, the leases I buy are really actually affordable. Why why am I even giving this to you for free? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going out of my way to sit there and try and hook people up through streaming platforms and distribution and like, hey, check out what I just learned. You know what I'm saying? I've tried to bring people with me, so many people with me. And, and and really, the only two that have really managed to stick around or actually even stand any kind of test of time 
or any kind of tribulation or obstacle is 918 and Geo, which is sad and that sit there and tells you a lot about other people's character. Right. And so the person I'm beefing with right now, uh, he actually dissed me first. And the reason he dissed me is because I guess he thought I was bullying him when I really wasn't. I was actually more or less confused, really, because he would keep making excuses of why he couldn't uh, come through with a verse for something. Even if he knew one of our mutual friends were going to be on it, that he collaborated with several times, why can't you come through? Little did I know that I come to find out in the future that he apologized for be basically being a fucking liar and making excuses. And I'm just like, the whole time you could have been honest. If you said you didn't like the beat, just tell me that. Or you tell me you don't like my, you know, you tell me you don't like my style in a, in a somewhat nice mannered way. Never did do that. So out of nowhere, I get hit with this uh, track, this link. And that was my biggest problem. I'm like, okay, so one, not only did you strike first, but this dude goes to have a, a lyric video basically almost made that screenshots only text that would make me look bad. Because I'd be like, man, what the fuck? Or what's going on, you little midget? Or some shit like that. Just, right. just joking with him. I'm just like, it's because you keep ignoring me. Right. And you have no reason to ignore me. When you're active and you're doing collaborations with other people, you should have been honest. You should have had the balls as a man to be honest. I would have sit there and took a fuck you. I, I hate your music and your guts as a better fucking way of doing it than he, than he did it. Because at least that would have been less coward-like. Right. He took the whole coward route. And he, there's no telling how much time he spent on that diss song, which to me was completely shit. Basically, the image he tried to paint me as is I beg him for features. I'm like, I'm begging you for features because you were still living with your parents. You dumbass fucking idiot. Right. You know what I'm saying? You won't even go get a job on paper. You can't play guitar. You look like the hillbilly version of Shrek, which is a 918 quote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You literally post on Facebook about how you're bored, lonely, and fucking horny. Talk about the most desperate fucking needing validation motherfucker ever. And all I ever did was try to help you. I sit there and talk about working on EPs with him. Albums. Getting him on compilation albums knowing damn well him and 918 did not get along. 918 was cool with it. He was able to get past that. And he's one of the youngest artists out of this whole peer group. Right. He is literally, you know, it's like, come on. You know saying? I expected this dude to be a man about it. No. Here, let me take, God, like I said, God knows how much time that took to put that all together. I responded in like a week. Yes, my response was kind of shitty, not because of lack of content or bars, but because he had his shit mastered by one of our mutual friends. And my friend, our mutual friend, probably wouldn't have done it for the fact that he wasn't, that he was, you know, say he wasn't charging studio time. 
he, he probably wouldn't have done that for free. That probably took him at least an hour or so to do to do all this editing, mixing, and mastering. And I've even worked with home, this homie too. And we all know personally that if you put this motherfucker next to me, like I said earlier, like he might as well be a little pump. This dude is gonna get emasculated. He don't he don't want to sit there and see me in a fist to fist fight. He he don't know nothing about the school hard knocks. Right. He don't know shit about hip hop culture. And that's why he's having to sit there and get hot off of remixing other people's songs. I hit 2,000 views on a solo song. You have only reached 1,000 views because you were featured with seven other artists. You got more music videos, but you're not even on streaming platforms. You're not even getting paid for nothing you do. And let alone, you're not even buying your beats. So when I call you broke, I'm not lying. You right. know what I'm saying? You want to sit there and wear name brand clothes and these videos that you're not even getting paid for, but you can't sit there and buy a $20 lease. It's a good point. $20 though. lease. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the problem with casual listeners is they wouldn't pay attention to shit like that. And like, I always wanted like uh, someone to do like beef analysis videos because I like watching that kind of shit. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the name of channels, but they'll do like, um, DMX versus Ja Rule, what really happened type of shit, or Eminem versus Benzino, what really happened, or who really won, or, you know, Ja Rule and 50 Cent, or, you know, Nas and Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? I like to watch some kind of videos because these people go in depth about their shit, and that also helps me with my homework and my own tactics. Right. But the whole, yeah, but the whole point being, so I don't get sidetracked, this diss track came out of nowhere Solely for the fact that he could have never, he could never actually just truly be honest with me as a man. Like, if you didn't fuck with what I'm doing, just say that. Right. I'm cool. It's not like I was relying on you for shit anyway. You see, 918 had originally dissed him when he first came out when I first showed him Band Lab, and this dude would never respond to him because he said, "Oh, with your only a uh, hundred views, have an ass." And at the time, he did, 918 did have lower numbers. Right. Now, this dude is completely so inferior. 918's last album just did over 40 fucking streams, 40,000 streams alone on Spotify alone. He's literally actually the most top selling artist on the ground I know personally. That's awesome. So, people, you know what I'm saying? And, he, and that's why, in a way, like what you said earlier, uh, he might somewhat kind of look to me as a mentor because I showed him certain things to help him get there. I don't look at it like that. All I did was just sit there and teach a brother how to sit there and like really utilize his skills. And not even show him. He already had the skill. He just didn't have that same key right at that same time. Right. Which was band lab. And I, I think and, it's I, I think it's nice that you're aware. I mean, because that's exactly what he said about you. I mean that that's that's uh, that uh, that you were the one that helped him. That, and it was you know encouraging words. It wasn't it wasn't you. He had a skill set. You you helped him understand how he could understand that skill set and what to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I, I don't. It, not, not, nothing 
nothing that he has done was because of solely me. Right. All the success he's reached, he gained because of his hard work and his persistence, his perseverance, his level of skill, you know what I'm saying? And nobody can take that from him. If this dude was as bad as like some of these people say he is, why is he outselling you by over tens of thousands of numbers? Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that and that's and, where you know we talked about it earlier is you know just how when people give you criticism, whether it's positive or negative, uh, it's still criticism. So have a point, and that's his point. When I mean that's what I would always say. Uh, there is as a basketball player, I used to love trash talkers, and one of the uh, best trash talkers was Larry Bird. And I, I remember, um, I don't remember which one told the story, but uh, I actually think it was Chuck Person, uh, who played for the Indiana Pacers at the time, and he was known as the Rifleman. He was quite the shooter, uh, could uh, light up the score sheet on any given night. And one night. Um, they're guarding each other and uh, Chuck person starts talking shit about having so many more points than bird and blah, blah, yada, yada. And all bird did was look point at the scoreboard because the Celtics were beating the Pacers by, you know, and got ungodly, you know, some amount that was obviously they were not coming back from. And sometimes you just need to, sometimes you just need to do that. That's what nine one eight needs to do. Just, you know, Here's the number of my streams. I'm sorry. Well, I can't hear, you know, I'll say that sometimes I forget someone a, said a, something a and I'm like, I can't hear you over the number of downloads that I'm having right now. All the clicking and downloads. I can't hear what you're saying. What was that again? You know, and that's the type literally, of literally yeah. people who are shooting music videos in St. Louis are getting less streams by over a thousand. Right. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And this dude is putting out less mainstream music than you. Yeah. Not not you specifically, but a lot right. of these people were either beefing with or also in kind of like the same peer group as, you know what I'm saying? Because we're in 2024. People keep asking the question in rap, what comes after Drake, Kendrick, and J. Cole? What's the next generation? Right. We're already halfway through the 2020 decade, and we have nothing to show for it Yeah, as, as an actual genre. And so we actually have this track called Mount Rushmore, what was, was supposed to be called that. I came up with that name myself, or I was going to call it Big Four, because, well, like I said, I'm a fan of history. And so, you know, in World War II, you had Russia, the United States president, you know, so you, the, the leader of the four biggest countries at the time, which I think was also Britain and Russia, you know, saying as, as allies, or, you know, we were all kind of the same, on the same team in a way. Uh-huh in World War II, and they called them the Big Four. And so, and I'm like, well, what else goes with four? Mount Rushmore. An unintentional rhyme, but it requires four faces. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, a lot lot in hip-hop, you only have the three-headed dragon. You know, you had Pac, Biggie, and Nas. Then you had Eminem, you could put Little Wayne and Jay Z. You know, what I'm saying that 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 one probably comes down to more preference because the 2000s was pretty close with a lot of artists. But in the 2010s, you got Drake, Cole, and Kendrick, and now we're at the 2020s, and nobody knows. 
You know what I'm saying? No, no, nobody has nobody has any idea what's going to happen next. Right. And so, really, that's where we step in. And it sucks because I wanted to get this mutual friend, Luke. Luke, he goes by Lucas uh, as his uh, stage name with um. Oh, what are they called? Um. Oh, I know this. I know this too because I took German in high school, at least a couple of years. Um. Umlauts. He has a couple. He has an umlaut above his U. Right. Which is the two little dots. Yes. Those are called umlauts. Um, German is actually an awesome language to learn. Um, um, but he's a great artist. You know what I'm saying? Phenomenal artist. Like one of the artists that I would not want to. I mean, not that I don't think I could win in a battle. But he would actually give me a run for my money, type of shit. You know, so it could go either way, right? Type of thing. Great artist. He's actually an engineer, and uh, he mixes and masters, and he he can shoot videos and all this. He can edit them, and he does his own vocals. He raps, writes his own lyrics, and everything. You know, what I'm saying so. Besides him, there really isn't another artist necessarily okay well 918 is getting really good at mixing and mastering too so i'm gonna take that back he's almost basically just as good in like half the fucking time um but besides us three i don't really know anyone with a versatile set of skills you know what i'm saying like i make beats i'm a producer and i rap right he can mix master and engineer and do his shit you know what i'm saying so and then Geo is the it was the part you know saying it was gonna be all four of us on this cipher called Mount Rushmore. I want to release this. Uh, I want to start putting this uh, through a music distribution by the tenth at the latest, because I want to release sometime in February. Because I know uh, when you uh, try to release music on a muse, if you already if someone already has you on songs and shit like that, it it, it stops you from being able to release music. And so I want to release this, you know, sooner than later, because I'm tired of keeping people waiting. Everybody keeps asking me when I'm going to drop something new. Not everybody's actually prepared for what I'm about to bring. They thought they might think that more and more come with like a, maybe a single or two, not realizing that I almost produced the entirety of an album with, featuring several artists who all have solo songs and collaborations. So 918 has a single, at least one, everyone has at least one single and is at least on one collaboration, whether it's two people, three people, or four. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, It's the definition of literally um, networking. I mean, basically the whole idea was to do what Dr. Dre did with the 2001 Chronic version or what Eminem did with the 8 Mile album. Eight Mile album, there's only actually like three Eminem songs even on it. Lose Yourself, Eight Mile, and he was on Love Me as a Feature with Obi Trice and 50 Cent, and then Run Rabbit Run at the end. But in between there, you had Macy Gray, Boom Cat, Gangstar, Jay-Z, Freeway, Nas, Rakim, Young Z from The Outsiders. Uh, shout out to him. Dope lyricist, dope group. Um that never never will get the attention they deserve um and just all kind they even had d12 on there you know saying like they has such a star-studded roster all across that 
whole soundtrack. And so I kind of wanted to do like my own thing of that, but not for a movie, but for artists that I really, I really care about, I fuck with. Right. Like Luke, he has a debut album out that's been out for probably at least a year or close to, if not a little more, called New to the Block. Like there's like almost no skits. Like, like you can almost, you can basically listen to that whole album all the way through. And it is probably one of the best albums I've played from an underground artist, especially in our position. You say same thing with Geo and 918. I have yet to release a debut album, but that's because uh, I did have a lot of things wrote for a debut album, but I stripped it all down to contribute to the compilation album. Because I'm like, nobody except for Gio and Carmen have really broke out of that mold or starting even to. I haven't even, but that's because I've taken such a long hiatus. And so I'm like, well, here, let me pay for a few leases on these beats. 918 and Gio will sit there and pay a couple of their own leases if they're not rapping over some of my beats. And then I got a good portion of the project produced by me, which means nobody had to spend money on any of those beats. So I just saved everybody money. I technically just made us money by not having to spend money. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what a lot of these artists aren't getting or are not comprehending is you can't blow up just off of just putting a single out every week on YouTube. I mean, I'm sure you could. I'm sure it's possible. But you know how you're going to end up looking like Twiggy with 300 songs and you and still no record deal, still no plaque that even says you went gold, let alone silver. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. People need to actually start networking and, and um, being more honest and open with each other, especially on a more creative aspect level when we're in this genre. And I just always thought it was weird that people I beef with, especially this most recent person, he doesn't like to beef. He doesn't like to battle. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he never understood. And that's what makes me know that he's really just a culture vulture. Because I'm just like, if someone comes at you, whether they're a bigger artist or not, you're not supposed to let that slide. I mean, LL Cool J responded to cannabis when he got dissed by cannabis on second round knockout. Cannabis hadn't even released an album yet. LL Cool J was already albums in. Right. And that was back then. You know what I'm saying? So people who refuse to battle now actually I feel like have no respect for the culture or where it came from. It came from the South Bronx. It came from battling. It came from people telling their stories about real shit. Not just doing a Jack Harlow remix of right. what's popping or a Dax remix. You 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 are literally relying on another artist's song to give you attention. I've never done a remix of anyone's song. Ever. And I don't know anyone in my group that has or anyone that I really fuck with on that kind of point because I don't have to sit there and feed off of what someone else does. I mean, I can be inspired, but feeding yourself off of what others have done is sickening to me. 
And so I will end up releasing another diss track towards this dude because even though I did respond and he hasn't responded before he blocked me on Facebook like a little bitch, um, he's like, okay, so it's on, it's war now. So I'm because like like I said, his song was called Bitch Made. And I, well, I would flip that on him a couple times. I'm like, in one of my lines, I was like, and I called the song The Irony because the irony of the whole situation is I've went and got my own place before. I've been doing my own thing before. I've been an actual adult in the real world before with an on-paper job, paying my own electric bill myself, no food stamps, putting my food in the fridge. I'm sitting there recording. I'm sitting there working 10-hour days. And this was years ago. I'm only 23 now. It wasn't until just recently, within these last couple months, that you finally moved out of your parents' fucking house. And so I dissed him for that. And I'm like, it's ironic you calling me bitch made too, um, because two stupid bitches made you. Ah. Meaning, if it, you know, I dissed his parents. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you call him, I'm like, well, like, what do you even, you, you, you're grasping at straws because you lack the ability to be raw. I'll sit there and fuck with your life worse than the monkey's paw. I'm going to sit there and put you to sleep. End of story. Because what I could do to you on the microphone will be beyond gory. I'm going to do it for the glory. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can sit there and freestyle anytime I want. This dude don't want to sit there and see me. Right. But that's the whole, yeah, I'm going to leave it kind of like right there because, like, I will respond to this dude again just to drive my uh, point in that he got himself into something that he shouldn't have. Right. He would have been better off just blocking me and never talking to me again. And it's like, cause I even dropped the, uh, I even produced a song for, uh, Luke called all we get really badass song, probably even radio friendly. It could be, it, it could be played on radio, no cuss words, good message in the song, uh, chill, you know, very vibe, like trap beat. And he wasn't even the only artist that this dude knows who wanted it. So like I said, all these artists out here calling my beach trash. Just factor in, your friend actually wanted that beat. And so I'm just going to end it there. Well, then that will be a good place to pick it up to see where the second diss track goes to. We'll also, because I want to have you back because we'll be able to talk about your compilation album that is soon to be released. Um, yeah. And I... There may be, I want to try to get the, the three of you guys on all at the same time because because uh, oh, awesome. I, I think that you guys feed, feed off. I mean, you guys are very complimentary, not only in what you say about each other, but also in the respect that you have for each other, the three of you, uh, and, and and kind of how that works. And that, that's kind of cool to see. So, um so, or it could be horrible to have all three of you together. It could cancel everything out, and you guys would just be. Oh, like, no. it, it would just be like. So, uh, but that that would be fun to have in the future too. So, um, let's see. 
Before we wrap up, where can, if people are looking for you, where's the easiest place to find you resonate? Um, like I said, I went by multiple names. There's been times I had to get new YouTube channels and stuff, but you can find some of my earliest work. That's probably not the best, but you know what I'm saying? Cause people like to dig and right. where you first came from, what you was first doing. DJ Smith on YouTube. Um, uh, look up the beat, the introduction. It was actually a beat that I made for a friend that 918 was eventually supposed to hop on, but I got to recover that file. But that was that, that's a dope beat that I actually made for a friend in high school, and Donathan, right in front of him. I'm like, hey, let me play you some samples. And but so DJ Smith on YouTube, okay. Or you can look up D Spaz on YouTube as well and check it out. You can also go to D Spaz Topic, which uh, when you go through distribution, you get a topic channel through them. Okay, and so you could type in D Spaz Topic. And you will see a picture of a brunette, dark-haired person, you know, mixed, light-skinned, however you want to put it, more predominantly white person. Uh, and it'll just say, you know, my area code, 573, Southeast Missouri, you know what I'm saying? I make beats and I rap. And I got both on those channels. I got tracks that are just beats, tracks that are singles. But, and now that I go by Resonate, you can also find me on streaming platforms or will you will be able to too soon uh, because of this compilation now I'm coming out and uh, I plan on uh, uh, having that out within the next month. And so basically you'll be able to check for me on every streaming platform, anything from Deezer to Apple Music to Amazon to YouTube Music to Spotify. Um, you know, we really appreciate the support of independent underground artists. You know what I'm saying? Especially in this day and age where it's so easily to just be dismissed or scrolled past. We really appreciate the support we've gotten. And obviously it shows us that we're doing something right by sticking, you know, by our own core values, just like you do with your podcast. Like you said, you're not going to sit there and have what you think is going to make, you know what I'm saying? You love what you do and that's what matters. You're not going to yeah. sit there and try to sell out because you love what you do. Yeah, just like we do, and we really all—I know for a fact—we all three really appreciate even the opportunity. Because as far as I know, this is best—you know—this is all three of ours first, you know, interviews, podcasts, you know, saying type well, of episode. Well, I, I appreciate you all being on because once again, is I—I'm fairly—I—I'm I, not a—I mean. It, if you roll up next to me at a stoplight and you hear my music before you look over at me, I am not what you're going to expect. It doesn't matter what's coming right. out of my, it does not matter if it's, if it's classical, if it's a uh, sexy, it doesn't matter what's coming out of my car. Whenever you look, I am not what's expected. And, but that's, what's also fun because I feel like I'm very open and I, I think I was uh, I was open with nine one eight early on that while his much of his catalog is probably not going to make it into my daily playlist. I did appreciate the music, and I actually did find a uh, lyrics from a specific song that uh, was uh, very much about my wife. And so I was, I told him, I go, I need to make that into a ringtone for my wife. 
Uh, and so I, I, I'm very appreciative of the, the work that you all do as a, an artist, someone who's creative myself. I guess I wouldn't call myself an artist, but someone who has something that needs to be done creatively. I need to write. I need to express mm-hmm. myself. Uh, but it's, it's all for me. Uh, but I know how difficult that can be because we all have separate lives that we have to lead as well that pay the bills and we have to wake up and do this. And we it's hard for us to fill, to fit our passion into our lives, which seems really counterintuitive to how we should live life. So I'm very appreciative of, of you, of Geo, of 918, of the three of you coming on the program. Uh, 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 Geo or uh, 918's been on a couple times. I do hope to have both you and Geo back on, or uh, yes, you and Geo back on in the future. Uh, hopefully the three of you could be on at the same time because that would be awesome as well. But um, I, I just really yeah, appreciate I was just going to oh, say, I just, I, I just wanted to say, I appreciate you guys taking the time because I mean, um, I, I don't, I do remember kind of how um, 918 originally reached out to me. It's a, it's a podcast thing where guests, I can get in touch with certain guests or they can reach out to me. And I think that's how he originally, he kind of had to pitch himself to me. And then I read his pitch and I will say, well, I've been told by the, this uh, podcastguest.com that I get much more response than most. And I think it's because of the name of the show, really the stone genius people are stoners, geniuses, and everyone that thinks they're anywhere in between seem drawn to the show. So I have a right. lot of people, but very few make the cut. And so whatever his pitch was originally, well, I, I wanted to talk to him and then uh, then talking to him and then Geo and then you. I, I'm very glad that he did reach out and that you all not he was bold enough to reach out to me because he he saw that way to make that contact. Uh, I'm appreciative of you that I've been able to reach out and talk to you and and you all have taken the time to to come on this podcast and uh, and 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 share your lives and your journeys with with our audience. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I I feel like I can speak for all three of us when I say we definitely appreciate the opportunity. And um, uh, there was one question I have. Yeah. I'm gonna wait for a second. Um, you probably well besides just the name, I have to probably to give you well exactly it goes back to what we were just talking about the fact that you don't sell out right like you're not doing what you think is going to get you the most traction you are doing something open-minded which allows you to reach out to a wider audience and i think that's what really matters um uh and following that up um uh, as soon as we get off this uh i'm gonna make it a point if you want to send me a link or something, I will make it a point to promote the podcast and everything. Cause like I said, as independent artists, we know how important it is to support each other and stuff. Like I couldn't consider myself a teammate or even a friend or anything like that to them. If I wasn't ever supporting them or sharing their link or bumping their music, every like I bumped Luke's album, new to the block, I bumped Mighty Morphin, you got Slasher the Menace on the way. You know what I'm saying? We got this compilation right. album on the way. We listen to each other's music and we communicate with each other and we support each other. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people in so-called teams and labels out there who are so envious of the people who are doing, like, just because Carmen is doing better numbers than, you know, me and Geo necessarily, 
there's no reason for us to feel any kind of malice, envy, or right. You know, just the just weird ass tendencies that some of these people get. Like, I would, I would like, I look at them like brothers. I hope my brother does better than me. Right. Like, if I'm doing good, I hope he's doing great. Right. And that's how it should be. You know what I'm saying? But my question was, um, I heard about this event that's possibly uh, coming to uh, Kansas City. Yes. Sometime in the near future. And it's a movie premiere for a new movie. It's an, it, what was it? Independent film? Uh, I heard yes. it was a friend or someone that you knew. Yeah. Someone so I met through the podcast. Curious. So uh, we'll find oh. out more coming up on, uh, it'll probably be a couple episodes after this one comes out. Timmy will be, Tim will be back on the program. So we'll get an update about that. So yes, it is an independent film. There's a fine arts theater. I don't know. I got them in touch. Um, so th- they were in touch and they got in touch very quickly, which is generally not the case. A lot of times, you know, it, you know, even though I met the owner of the theater one day and the very next day he gets the email, sometimes it's like, what, what are you talking, you know? So the, it was very surprising that an, the initial contact, and that's all I know so far, the initial contact was made very quickly and there were, there was interest on both sides. Now, whether, I have no idea. So in a couple episodes, uh, uh, within seven days of us recording this, I'll be recording with him and I'll find out more about that. But yes, I, I do think it's very important that independent content creators, no matter what they do, um, uh, share with one another. Uh, one of the things that has made this podcast as... Uh, popular as it has been is there's a YouTube channel called Real Men Real Style. And um, the person that runs that channel is Antonio Centino, or Centeno, I'm sorry. And Antonio has been on the podcast twice out of 275 shows. He has the number one and number three ranked shows of all time. Um, But he was very generous because he has 3.5 million followers on YouTube. And he puts out content. Uh, Antonio. You said Antonio? Yeah, Antonio Centeno of Real uh, Real Men Real Style. It's uh about uh, um, dressing it, it, up it, it, and do- What's that? Uh, is he the same person who does like breakdowns of albums, glasses, uh bald uh, he, he, uh, he like does, uh, he'll do fragrances and how to dress and, and different things like that. It's more on men's style and, and, and just uh, men, but he has three and a half million followers and I'm thinking I, of uh, a different person. I'm just, I'm the type that's very bold. Uh, this is one of the reasons that I was so successful with the ladies, uh, for so long, it's the reason that I was able to approach my wife when she is way, way out of my league. Uh, always has been or, way well, out of my league. You think? I you mean, know, well, but, well, uh, well, take that the right way. Like it's a compliment to you, not an insult to her. Right, but I've just always been very bold. So I just reached out, fucking through Instagram, and said, "Hey, uh, my name. You know, I have this small podcast. Blah blah blah." just want to invite you to be a guest. Well, of course, because he's 
He's so big, he doesn't. Re- he's not in control of that. So someone, and I really appreciate uh, the person that um, that actually saw the my comment or my my message and responded to me because a lot of people would just ignore it or they'd be like, right. "We have three and a half million followers. You're just this little." podcast and I probably had less than 50 shows the first time he was on. And so he could have very easily, it could have never gotten to him. He could have, even if it got to him, he could have said no. And he was so generous. He was so great. And that's, what's one thing that, you know, his, his, his channel is called real men, real style. And Antonio Centeno, he is, he really is a man because he's a man of his word. He supports other, he's a champion of others. He, I don't think that he cares if he loses as long as he does his best. I think that he's more. Uh, he would be more upset, like I am, if I didn't give my bet. I don't care if someone else beats me. Like I was a, a big golfer for a long time, and if someone beat me playing golf by playing better than me, then so be it. I never wanted them to miss the last putt to lose to me. I wanted them to make that last putt so we'd have to continue playing and really see who who won this. I never wanted them. I always wanted it to be their best shot, but I was just one shot better. And and so I really appreciate uh, Antonio for doing that with me. I appreciate Tim, who's a movie. He's an award winning movie producer, director and writer who's taken the time many times to be on the show. He's become a good friend of the show. He, like 918, has introduced me to multiple guests that have been on, uh, that I've talked to, that he introduced me to, have been on, a movie star, uh, I mean, I, uh, a comedian. I mean, so many great things, and a lot of it is because we are independent content creators, and we do. Not all of us, but the ones that really know what's where success lies. It's not about the number of views necessarily. It's not always about the monetary compensation. That would be amazing. It, it's more about getting what we need to get out of ourselves and, and just get it out there into the universe and then supporting each other, being there to say, yeah, I got you. No, no, whatever you need, you ask me and, and uh, I will bounce back whatever I can for you. So I, I am very appreciative We'll know more about this Kansas City premiere, but if it is uh, uh, this a screening, it, it would definitely be something that would be very inclusive of independent uh, artists. Uh, the podcast, uh, I don't know how much it would be involved with it. I would emcee the, the, the whole shenanigans and stuff myself. So uh, I, w- I would make sure that the entertainment, the, the whole night leading up to it. So I do think it would be amazing. And, and it's a good place to showcase too. I mean, you never know yeah. who the fuck you're talking to. Um, exactly. That's what, that's what I was telling them. I'm like, you have no idea what kind of people might come to this. Yeah. And and how and what kind of how many different industries worth of people, to music, to movies, to to a lot of things who might be there. Journalists. Yeah. You have no uh, idea. All kinds of people. I remember there, people. there was one day uh, that I was in the photography business. Uh, I had been in the golf industry. I had literally just applied as a manager um, 
at one of the most exclusive clubs in the United States. It's so exclusive of golf club, they still ban women from even being on the ground. Like your wife couldn't drive you to the club and drop you off at the clubhouse. They would have to drop you off at the gates. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so, that's crazy. So I had literally just applied for this job, and, and, and this guy comes in, he's talking to me about cameras, and we're talking, and the guy's like, yeah, and I go, well, I do this in the wintertime here in Kansas. Uh, the rest of the year, I'm in the golf industry. And he goes, oh, really? He goes, you know, you know what do you do? And I go, well, this is where I'm currently at. And I did, because I wanted a name drop, too. I'd seen the, the guy's watch. I could tell he was money. I could I could sense from his clothes and, uh, and the equipment he was asking about. And um, so I, I go, well, I just applied at the, this club. And I, I mentioned the club here, and it's a suburb of Olathe, Kansas. And I mentioned the club, and he goes, Oh yeah, I'm part owner of that club. Or actually I think he said he was the owner of that club. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And he Still goes, way. He, he goes, "What's your name again?" And I told him, he goes, "Uh, I'll put a uh I'll, I'll let my GM know to reach out to you." And so I remember getting home that night and I go, I met this guy named Don and I go, she had known I just applied at a Wolf and uh she goes, "Uh, I go, and he said he he's the owner of the club. And I'm like doing a jerk off motion like, ah, OK, you know, like whatever. I'm never going to see this guy again. OK, literally at 801 the next morning, I get a phone call. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hi, is this so and so? Yeah, my name's so and so. And uh, Don wanted me to get Don, one of the, the owners of the club. There are multiple owners. He was one of the owners. But uh, he gave me a call, wanted me to give you a call about this position. I was like. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, that yeah. So it was crazy. So then it gets even weirder. I mean, cause you never know, even like if you drop a name, like someone may, Oh shit. So I get to the club and I'm there and, uh, we we're talking cause I'd heard some stories about the club, uh, like very, not, not like anti-women, like, Oh, we hate women, like anti-women. They don't want them on the property. Like, right, right. like it's, very it's, much it's, it's stories of escape for guys. Yeah. Like even like, like, you know, people like Justin Timberlake and Bill Russell and, and anyone who was anyone that played golf that came through Kansas city, this is where they'd play. Cause they also knew, especially like guys like Justin Timberlake, no female fans. No, it's out in the, in the middle of nowhere. Female fans can't get anywhere nearby because they're, hey. they can't even be, you know, so there's some benefits to this, this club, but I get out there and we're talking and, and so I had just mentioned, they go, well, Tom Watson's bag was there, the golfer, Tom Watson. And I had mentioned something about, I go, Oh, and I go, you know, where I'd worked and, and, uh, and my relationship with him. And I'd also dropped another name and I go, Oh, and Jeff Bury and who's a, a well-known golfer in the Kansas city area. But I did, I knew him because my parents and him and his wife were in a Bible study with my, my parents. They were in the same Bible study. That's how I knew Jeff. And then I knew he was in the golf industry. Okay. So, and I knew he's a big deal in the golf industry, but I didn't know like, like a big deal. So here I am. I get called in uh, from the GM because uh, it, it was actually the owner of the club. So I get there, and then I I just go, oh yeah, and I go, and you know I know I, I go out to a Jeff Burry's club. Uh, he has a driving range. I go I go out to Jeff Burry's club and, and hit balls out there because he lets me take my dog out there with him. 
And they go, oh, Jeff. And they go, do you know Jeff? And I go, oh, yeah. And I explained how I knew him. And they go, well, we're having our your interview today in the Jeff Bury room. So there is a room. He started. I didn't know he started this golf club. So this guy who I wow. knew that was in a Bible study with my parents started it. And so round circle, I end up getting called in. We interview. He actually, I, I got the job offer and then I turned it down. And that I really thought I could work there and play golf with my family elsewhere. Because uh, my wife and both daughters, play, or both children play golf. Um, and it, it that's who I enjoy playing golf with the most. And when I knew that I couldn't play this beautiful course with them, they couldn't come just visit me at work. They weren't even allowed on the ground. I just, I was like, I can't. Oh, do this. I understand that. Yeah, so, I understand that. Yeah. So, anywho, anyhow, anyway. Um, uh, so, two things. Two yes, things. Yeah. Um, because my phone is about to die. Um, one question. Yes. What would be? Uh, okay. Uh, because you both live, uh, uh, from what I assume, uh, of what you told me, you live in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Um, uh, what would be, um, how do I put this? What would you recommend uh, an underground artist do to like kind of like book venues? Because like, I want to book venues, but I know some people aren't own certain places and, you know, there's event venue halls you can always rent out for like, you know what most people do for birthday parties or like graduation parties. So I I, for, I'll stop like you there. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I do have a photographer friend of mine who is very much into concert photography. Uh, his name, I'm going to give a, a shout out to Kenny. Uh, Kenny is uh, Ken at Kenny did that on Instagram, but Kenny is a, a, is a phenomenal photographer really took off when he started focusing on concert photography. But the reason I mentioned him is he started off going to small venues and started shooting small stuff to get his portfolio built up. And then he moved to bigger concerts, bigger events, uh, bigger clientele that yeah. he is shooting for. So I may reach out to him and see if he knows. I don't being 56 and white in the suburbs. I don't know shit about uh, clubs. Any, I I just don't. But I well, might yeah, I yeah. might know some yeah, people that do. So I, I can put out a feeler and reach. I I can try to find out about that. That'd be awesome because yeah, like I said, um, me and 918 and Geo, I'm saying if we can uh, get him up here because he lives quite a few states away, but um. You know, we'd like to do at least a uh, Missouri, Oklahoma kind of tour, just like state to state, you know, because they're right next to each other. Right. And I think that'd just be really good. And, um, uh, you know what I'm saying, just for, you know what I'm saying, doing everything that you've done for us, we could sit there and, like, you know, be having posters up or, you know what I'm saying, and also be supporting the podcast. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, just, just, you know, certain things like that, almost, almost like sponsorship, but, like not necessarily sponsorship. Like when you see a UFC fighter going to the ring, they got all these sponsors right. and logos all over the shorts and stuff and all that. It almost be the kind of same thing. We can so like while we're promoting this tour and this album and you know out yeah. projects to come, we can always keep Stone Genius in the mix. Yeah, and I think that's a, a big thing. But yeah, like I said, my phone's at like three percent. So okay, we wrap this up. Yeah, and we've talked, and like I say, I mean, we've already talked. It's we're coming up on three hours, so which is amazing. But I still have 
I didn't even hit all the questions. I don't even want to bring them up because we'll end up talking and you only have 3%. So uh, we'll definitely have you back on again. Thank you so much for being on the program. I appreciate uh, I, I appreciate what you've done. I mean, in, initially, you know, it was me and 918 getting in touch with each other. But, you know, literally if it wasn't for you, to say whatever words you said, gave him whatever direction you gave him to jump out and start doing this, then I wouldn't have met him. I wouldn't have met Gio, wouldn't have met you. So it's kind of weird how everything, you know, by you pushing 918, that's how I meet him. That's how I get back to you. So it's weird how things work out. So thank you so much for being right. on the podcast. Um, it, it, it was a great conversation. Uh, I can't wait to have you back on next time. Um, and then uh, uh, we'll, we'll get this out. I, I, I know that there will be a lot of uh, response to this. Uh, for everyone that's been listening to the podcast, uh, we've had Resonate on. Resonate, thank you again so much for being on, man. Thank you. I you're, appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, everyone you're else. Night. Yeah. Everyone else, thanks for listening to the podcast. You guys know me. My name's Ro. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.